0: Uh, this is Anderson Carmen. You can find me at, at Anderson Carmen on Instagram and Twitter and you're listening to 11 o'clock comics.
1: It's being
2: clear, how is that even possible? Uh, that's what I was banking on see, see what I did there. Oh man, I'll tell you, my list of books to talk about is long, sir. long and proper. Yeah,
0: we got all sorts of things to do this week.
2: Okay, is this going to be a four-hour one? Probably. It's a long Strap in, baby. A long-ass it's episode. I mean, when you have that attitude, two minutes in,
0: damn, yeah, sure it is.
2: No, three is good. Four, that's a little long. Well, let's see. Let's see, Mister. I got a long list. I have a very long list. Well, drag it. You have to truncate it. I can't do that.
0: We got patron questions to talk about. We got uh, sorts of things.
2: There are some things I definitely want to cover this week, and I will. But there's some things I could drag until next week. All right. Why not? It happens.
0: Speak on it.
2: There you go. Speak on it. Tap. You backing me up, buddy. This week I am. Yes,
3: you're the best. Been recording for uh, twenty minutes now. Sweet.
2: Twenty oh, minutes. So, so you, you got all more. the you got all the stuff we were saying about Jason on there. Get that off. Yeah. Oh, just oh, like I'll... the bathroom,
0: just like the bathroom at the uh, heroes. Where exactly. is this
2: coming from? Who said that? <laughs> One of our listeners. <laughs> we weren't talking about you about uh, you at all. Oops. Sorry. Talkin shit. I dropped a dropped a garbage pail, kid. You mean the card? No, the vinyls.
0: Oh, I didn't know they had vinyls.
2: Yeah, they're relatively new. They're on, oh, the, nice. they're on the second series. Yeah, but they're blind boxed, which is uh, so annoying. Yeah. That is annoying. Needless to say, I have a couple of duplicates. I bet. I bet.
0: That was quite the interesting little action figure. Vinyl shop you 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 videoed this week.
2: Oh, did you like that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, was it was. Cool. Uh, do you go there a lot? I do. That's the default when it rains, because it's inside. We go there, and he he always has something I can throw money at. Doesn't matter, like a transformer or a Thundercats. You know, he has a lot of '80s action figures there. They're not complete. Mm-hmm. I would have never get that transformer for what I paid for it if it was complete, but. That's the joy in it. You get it, and you have to hunt down the pieces on the eBay. I see. I'm what like, was missing from it? Um, it's basically just the shell and the belt. The the it's one of the pretenders, so the robot inside is missing. The two shoulder pieces um, are missing. The two guns and um, he's got like an axe or something. That's all gone. Oh. But, so I, I checked on eBay, and you can get the robot for about ten bucks. You can get the guns. Usually, sometimes the guns will come with the robot because it's part of the, the the Decepticon inside. But the sh- the shoulder pieces, if you can find both of them, they'll go for like thirty bucks. Wow! Yeah, so it's like ultimately, it's not a bargain because I have to go hunting down the pieces. But I don't mm-hmm. really care. It's fun. It is. It it occupies our, se- our Sunday afternoon. That's all I care about. We have the like you said you
0: were going to church.
2: That's right. That's right. And you are now in church because, yes, you're in you're in the pew. It's eleven o'clock comics, episode four hundred and eighty-two. And who am I? I am Vince B. Bad Cintolini. <laughs> yes, you are. And I am David the Price
0: Rubenstein.
3: Stein. Rubenstein. <laughs>
0: Stein indeed you are, and I am Jason Woodpecker Guano. I love
2: how you're Guano. <laughs> I know, bat poop. You're bat poop. <laughs> no, you, you, well yeah, you are Jason Woodpecker Guano, but you do go by another name. You are Jason Wood, everybody, in the house, everybody's together. And if you don't know, the names that we have chosen as our introductions this week were all called from a page in the recently published Batman number 26. Indeed. Written by Mr. Tom King who so generously and lovingly insert us, inserted us into the Batman comic only to have us killed by the Joker. It's win-win. There's no better way to to go. It's true. If you're going to go. And I didn't even know about it until I came home. Yeah. From work. And you, you all had that up, and you shared it on my timeline too. Tag it up, which well, I it was, did.
3: It, it's 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 a special moment. No,
2: I no it is. Know, it,
3: it, well, it, it's not unusual for There are some books that we tend to read the day they come out. Batman has been one of them for for a while for me. So, um, and big ups to everybody who uh, on the Facebook group page who who also uh, mentioned it, and and uh, and on Twitter. So. Thanks for the lookouts and and uh, and to Tom for the shoutouts. That's that's hella cool.
2: It makes me feel warmer and fuzzier because I always feel warm and fuzzy, mm-hmm. but I'm even warmer now.
0: Yeah, it was super super fun to see our names like that, all killed and stuff,
3: <laughs> all killed and dead and stuff. And it was and and we're not we're not the only ones where. You also have uh, Gil Castro, and you have Daryl Campbell. There, there are uh, there are a couple names in this issue of uh, Yeah, friends we know
2: and dearly love. It's like Tom was checking off a list. Right? Mm-hmm. Who can I kill?
0: Well, Kaziki his... must be sitting around wondering when he's going to get some love. He well,
2: was in he... most of the
0: division. He's the penguin. <laughs> <The> Penguin's
3: <ever. laughs> was, too... was too short. CK was in
2: most of the division. He was the kid. He was the kid, and um, right. Yeah. That
0: is true. Yes.
2: And if you were smart, you would have paid 40% for Batman 26. And where, oh, where would you have got it for that price? Discount comic book service. Exactly. Discount comic book service. DCB com. One more time. DCB com, where you can get all your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. Yay, the list of specials has recently been posted. Actually, as I was clicking, because I was complaining to Dap. I'm like, hot damn, when are they going to update the site? It's it's time. And I go, and it wasn't updated. And then a couple seconds later, it was updated. And kablam! Kablam! So I have chosen three spotlighted specials for you. First, it seems that the image anthology is gaining traction at other publishers because Fanagraphics is now trying it themselves. This is an anthology called Now, the first issue of which, cover price $9.99, you can bring home. Now, remember, this is a Fanagraphics book. You can bring this home for 50% off, $4.99 for a Fanagraphics book. Unheard of. So you're saying, all right, sounds good. Who's in this thing? Well, the first issue includes new work from Eleanor Davis, Noah Van Skyver, Gabriel Bell, Dash Shaw, Sammy Harkum, Malachi Ward, as well as international authors such as J.C. Manu, Conzita Herrero, Tommy Parrish, Tobias Schalken, and Antoine Cossé. And it has a gorgeous painted cover by Chicago artist Rebecca Morgan. Why wouldn't you order this thing? There's no reason. From Dark Horse Predator versus Judge Dredd vs. Alien Splice and Dice Trade Paperback illustrated by the awesome Chris Mooneyham, written by the equally awesome John Lehman. This is a seventeen ninety nine trade paperback collection calling all four issues of the miniseries What are you gonna get it for, Dap? Ooh 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 Half off? Yes, eight dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> And bringing up the rear but not in my heart from Valiant, it's Bloodshot Salvation Number One. Jeff Lemire's writing it. Louis LaRosa, Miko Swyan, Kenneth Roquefort's doing the covers, three ninety nine cover price. You can has this for one dollar and ninety nine cents. 99. DCBService.com. Do not mind late orders or order editions and you get your books all served up on a silver platter by the delivery man right at your door. They supply the delivery men with silver platters for this reason. Oh, they, they even wear little white gloves, too. And they're like, So, your books are here? And you're like, Hot damn. Open them up.
0: DC- open them
2: up. DCBService.com. Love it. Yep. What are we drinking, fools? Kick us off, bruh. Diet Pepsi, next. Like, diet Pepsi or regular Pepsi? I never drink regular Pepsi. Oh,
0: I was going to say, you, but you didn't say diet Pepsi. They're different drinks.
2: I did say diet Pepsi.
0: You he did? He, he cut out. Oh, he you did?
2: I yeah. cut out. I yeah, was, drank was, way too you're many. You're cutting out a little bit. I thought it was me, though. Oh, boy. I can't have that. I'm drinking, I drank way too many IPAs yesterday. So I'm detoxing today with chemical-ridden Diet Pepsi. That's how my mind works. Yes,
0: uh, speaking of that, we should say we hope everybody had a – at least our our U.S. compatriots had a wonderful Independence Day. And everybody else just had a great Tuesday. And our Canadian friends had a good Canada Day the other day. Uh, I am trying to keep it more real than Vince Mm. because I know how that feels when we don't. So I'm bringing the party. I have not one but two cans of Polar 100% natural seltzer, calorie-free ruby red grapefruit. What what? Stunned. You are, you are not right. Stunned and shocked and appalled
3: and um and and how Delicious. great is it since you mentioned Canada that um our good pal Mr. Mike Ruth who is Canadian. Uh his birthday was yesterday, which of mm-hmm. course was our independence day that digest so happy belated birthday, Mike. Um I am enjoying some poems no, it's uh Gentleman's Collection Red Blend batch number two from uh Lindeman's
0: Winery. Ooh, Lindemann's, I like it. <laughs> They're very tasty.
2: I like it a lot. Anybody got any thank yous? Thank yous. Do I has a thank you? I don't I don't think so. If I do, think I think haven't I opened I anything.
3: Um, I have two. What one of which, the hell's going one, on? One, one of which you have already seen because my um, cheese grin was uh, plastered all over the um, the Patreon when I received it. And, and in the group page, it's um, our good friend... Max Beckman, who um, we uh, said hello to when we saw Tony last year at New York Comic Con um, from uh, cheapgraphicnovels.com, he was extremely kind enough to send me the um, the store, um, the promo poster for Beige, the Hero Denied. Um, completely surprised. It's totally out of the blue. I, I, I love it. I need to find a place where I can put it. Um, Thank you for that, Max. Today I come home and there is a package of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven comics, um, which of course Vince will love because it's paper. But what I love is that now I can actually say of all the issues that I have, I finally own From Charlton man. and i have issues 1 2 3 4 5 7 and 10 all thanks to mr carlos cordova uh, very sweet
2: that's nice mhm uh, on the subject of the mage poster you don't yeah. you don't hang that yet you take it to new york comic con with you and you get matt wagner to sign it and then you frame it is he going to be there oh well, I don't. He doesn't always make it out. To yeah, me. I don't know, but I mean, if he I'll is, I'll give him a call. I'll give I a call Do that. I'm just saying, don't frame it or put it up yet because no, no, you got to get that signed. That would be like the best thing.
3: I would totally get it
2: signed. I know.
3: Gold sharpie. For for the three hours, we're probably going to be at the whoa
0: whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa,
2: whoa. That's just to go to the bathroom. That's true. Yeah.
0: Listen, 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 Linda. We're gonna we're gonna be Spartan, but we're gonna we're gonna hate it
2: though. Still, come on. I thought we got people we need to see. Oh, I thought you didn't have the. Yeah, uh,
0: you can at least make the appearance, even though you're not buying anything this time. Right, correct. No,
2: I'm not saying I got stuff to buy. I'm saying we got people to see. Of course oh, we so do. Yeah, maybe we'll have like you know, it, maybe we'll have a more memorable time this time. <laughs> maybe. What does that mean? Why why did you make that? Well, at least we'll be...
0: We'll every, every time I'm there, it's a memorable song. No, I that's you,
2: not what I, I... But we're we're always on the go. Boom, boom, boom. Well, that's right. I'm,
0: I think it's going to be fun to just to to savor the
2: moment. Yes. True. Maybe we'll, we'll actually get to, some intros.
0: And we'll have plenty of crap to record,
3: but I think it'll be a little less stressful because we won't... Um, there probably won't be a portfolio to go looking
2: for. What are you doing with the tape?
3: I'm putting the issue back
0: in. Oh. Uh, there There probably won't be. There may be some jam pieces, but right. But that's we'll see. I mean, if we'll I have mine, we'll, we'll figure it out. It, we'll it's, figure it out. That's neither here nor there, right? Who knows? Maybe I just go cold turkey and get zero pieces in New York well, Council Yeah, like that's
2: gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're gonna look like uh, Elwood Blues uh, with the briefcase. Mm-hmm. Vince, hi.
0: Do you or have you been a HeroClips player in the past? Yes. Were you a major HeroClips player?
2: Now, what does that mean? Going to tournaments? I mean, were
0: you well, or yeah? Did you buy a lot of stuff? Yes. Yes. Okay, but you're no longer
2: No. because when did you quit it? Oh boy, Um, when they changed the rules for flyers and taxiing, that's when I quit because my entire strategy was built around flying badass pieces in with either Hawkman. Or uh, you know, using a flyer to taxi in a a bitch of a piece, and then moving that piece even closer into the enemy territory. And usually, the ones that um, I would taxi could all could move and attack in the same turn. A lot okay. of most pa- most pieces you can only move, and that's it. Some mm-hmm. you can move and attack, and that's the one I would use. And it would kick the opponent in the balls on like the very first turn and they changed that rule. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm done.
0: Gotcha. I asked because on Monday I took the boys to the city for a little day of geekery and I chronicled it on our Patreon site mm-hmm. for patrons. I seen it, but you, see, you done seen it. I did. But we went to a kick-ass store called The Complete, but spelled C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T. Oh, fancy. Fancy. The oh, Complete man. Strategist. And it is a, a a store totally devoted to gaming. hmm And it was, it reminded me of St. Mark's, the comic store. Ooh, stop. No, because it was, first of all, the store's been there since 1975. Mm-hmm. And it it's just like those old classic comic stores where every inch of this place was gaming. Sweet. I mean, all the way up to the very top of the ceilings were, were games, reference guides, figures, uh, you know, tools to paint miniatures, just anything gaming related. Every square inch of the walls on the shelves, uh, it was just all gaming. It was such a sight to behold. We spent forever in there and came away with a bunch of new games. But as we were checking out, I looked to my left, and they have a HeroClicks section, and I've never played HeroClicks, nor have I ever purchased a HeroClicks. And lo and behold, there is a six-pack called Heroclix Fast Forces Uncanny X-Force. And I look, and it's six Heroclix figures featuring, wait for it, Uncanny X-Force, Black and Gray Wolverine, Deadpool, Cable. Stop. Cy- Why can't it be like that? What the hell is that? Psylocke, Phantom X, and Domino. Wow. I mean, is that not a set tailor-made to lure me into the world of Heroclix? Did you actually buy it? Yeah, I bought it. I'm holding oh, it right now. Sweet. So I'm not gonna play it, I'm just gonna leave it in its in its in its packaging, but it's pretty neat. I have to say that the the sculpts and the paint jobs are not exactly
2: no, world class. No, but they're a hell of a lot better than they used to be. Are they? Yeah, they're pretty pitiful. The first couple sets are nasty.
0: Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I I, I just I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw all those characters in one box.
2: So I used to play Mech Warrior too which is also from WizKids and they changed the mm-hmm. rules the rules on me there too. It oh, yeah? when you invet, in, invest thousands of dollars in a game yeah. a, and you build up a strategy with certain pieces and then they just pull the rug out under you and just change the rules mm-hmm. it, it kind of sours your opinion of the game.
0: For sure. Yeah. And the uh gentleman who was working at the counter um was very helpful, which it, it, this thing was such an analog to a, a comic book store only for gaming that um, I could have easily seen the two gentlemen working there as being the stereotypical LCS guys who are um, not necessarily all that friendly or particularly um, helpful to newbies, right? Mm-hmm. We hear that complaint a lot on the comic side. But to his credit, he was awesome. He uh, We brought a bunch of games up to... Um, you know, to buy that we knew we wanted, but then uh, I just, for the hell of it, asked him, "Hey, you know, if you could, if you could recommend one game, what would it be?" And he asked us a few questions, like he asked the boys, what, "You know, what, what are their favorite games?" That sort of thing, and then he recommended a game to us, and uh, and uh, he was very helpful. And then they had a huge Warhammer section oh, which the boys thought was really cool because they're very cool looking miniatures.
2: They sure so are so I asked
0: him what he thought of Warhammer because Colin didn't know how to he wanted to know how to play it. And uh, the guy was pretty funny. He said in the most diplomatic way he could, because I, I guess they probably sell a lot of Warhammer stuff, but he said essentially that he doesn't play Warhammer because you have to spend a tremendous amount of money on the things and he said the thing about Warhammer is you spend a lot of time researching the game You spend a lot of time saving up money to buy the pieces for the game. You spend a lot of time making the pieces for the game. You spend a lot of time setting up the game, and then you play the game for 15 minutes. Yep. So he said it's – and and really for him, he said it was the issue of at some point he realized that he could either spend money to play Warhammer or he could spend the same amount of money to play every other game he ever wanted to play. Yeah, true. It's very true. Mm -hmm.
2: But they're hella cool pieces, I must say. They definitely are. Yeah. Especially if you play Chaos. I don't know what that means, but cool. Well, different faction, yeah. Uh, oh. I have a counter story. Can I tell it while we're on the subject Jeez. of – See, I have a story that is the inverse of yours in almost every way. Oh, ah, okay. Um, I'm driving through Scranton, and there is a hobby store called the Main Hobby Center. Okay. And used to frequent it very much when I was a kid. Every mm-hmm. Saturday I would be there. Um but unfortunately, I haven't been—I haven't set foot in the store in over 20 years. Wow! So I'm driving by, and I notice that they have a rat fink in the window. Now I almost got whiplash because I—I I was driving, but I'm like, "Holy shit! There's a rat fink in the win- I gotta stop! I gotta see it!" Walk up to it. It's a rat fink, and I go in. There's an old man at the counter he's doing something with a little train piece of train or whatever it is, and I said, "Is that Rob Fink in the window for sale?" And mm-hmm. he's like he's like, "Nope, that's sold huh. And I spend the rest of my time in that store twenty five minutes just looking around. that proprietor or employee which he whichever he was, did not say another word to me unreal. And I'm, Isn't I'm, is look- that
0: why you stopped going there in the first place?
2: I can't remember. It's been so long. Oh, okay. But I'm looking around and I know prices. So I'm looking at some of these, these, these models, model cars, and they're about eight to ten dollars more than what I could get them for online. And I'm thinking, there's a reason why some of these mom and pops, I mean, yes, the internet has impacted every business unequivocally, right? But sure. there's a there's there's another component to why some of these stores don't do well, and I just witnessed it. Absolutely, he did not Absolutely. say, "Oh, are you local? Are you from the area? Welcome to like blah blah blah." Or that's sold, yeah, but we have this, or I can try and get you one, or right, right. Here, here's exactly. the story about that. Nothing, not another word out of this guy's mouth. And I, I'm looking around. I said to Mia, "We're out of here. Let's go." I don't expect to reach around when I walk into a store but at least sure. be personable or like hello not even ha- have a nice day or or how you doing nothing it was crazy like i said the exact opposite of what you experienced in the com- with the complete gamer that's a bummer man it is i'm a I, hey, i kept my money so i didn't really care but
0: well we definitely need to hit this store when we're all in new york for the con we will on Saturday, it's it's a great place. You guys will love it. It's it's got so much character.
2: You have to stop me from buying though, because if no, I, go, nice. you know, I go into a store like that, now did they have vintage games and pieces as well as? New- oh yeah, dude. Oh, they shit, had
0: uh, stop. They had like every. Now you know I'm not again. I'm also not a D and D guy. Um, but they had what looked must have been every source book or guidebook of every every RPG ever. I mean, you know, dust covered in some cases. Sweet. Very cool Alright
2: That was fun Now let's get on to the comics Let's do it We have a lot to talk about yeah, like, I know you have a list I do have a list Who would like to proceed Well you have a list Why don't you hit it Yeah. Alright I just don't want to bum you out Right out of the gate
0: oh. <laughs> Well I well, If it you have a list Why don't you focus on One of the things that you liked
2: Well I liked it all It's just that I'm wondering I I know you're not going to like it all We'll just
1: we'll have time to pick it up
2: then. Okay, I'll talk about something that I know you will like, and then I'll get to the other stuff later. Okay, end on counter. Okay, I'm going to do the shadow last. Okay, um, this is a hardcover graphic novel published by First Second. It was written by Scott Westerfeld, illustrated by Alex. Provaland and colors by Hillary Sycamore. I told you to order this. It was one of my DCBS spotlight specials for the month. It is called The Spill Zone. Did you get right. this, Jason? No. It's amazing. Here's the rub. There's a town in which something... Very disturbing happened an accident. but you don't know if it's nuclear or biological or um, combination of the two or if it's a foreign power. this source of the calamity is co- is a complete mystery, but needless to say something happened in this town and so the the town is sequestered there's a um perimeter built all around the town that has armed guards nobody gets in nobody gets out or nothing gets out um in this scenario you have a young woman named addison Merritt, and uh she is a photographer
1: Mm -hmm.
2: uh, and is in care of her 12 year old six sister Lexa. Now, Lexa was unfortunate enough to have been caught in the city when the calamity struck, and she has experienced. She was she was lucky enough to get out alive and in one piece, um, but she has um, problems. Let's just say she doesn't speak very much. Uh, she's she's very withdrawn, and and uh, she has turned inward, let's just say. And uh, she has a doll named Vespertine with uh, whom she confides. This is where it gets weird. The doll was also caught within uh, Poe Town when, when the shit went down. And I'm not rapping. The doll has some kind of power. The doll is sentient and unknown to Addison the doll needs to go back into the city um, at certain intervals in order to recharge. You really don't know what that's about. But Addison and Lex's parents were in the medical field. And they were at the heart of ground zero. When the shit went down, they were working at a hospital, both of which um, have become what Addison likes to call meat puppets. See, Addison goes into the town. She skirts the blockades and the barriers, goes into the town and takes pictures of the unbelievably creepy goings-on in this town. Um, It seems that time doesn't work the same Within the confines of Po Town, as it does outside of it, Our physics don't work the same either. Like she has this, she she tends to go to this playground, and the swings on the the, the, the playground stuff um, are up in the like one's up in the air, one is um, back in in the the other half of the uh, the other part of the arc, like as if there were things riding them, but there there's not. It, it, like if they were stopped. In mid swing, and there's those little um, animals like on the spring, you know, those goofy spring rocking horse sure, type animals, yeah. mm-hmm. but they're they're bowed in in extreme directions as if something is pushing these. But that's not that's not the the least of it. The the rats are extremely smart, and they 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 do what rats do. They 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 move in groups, but they they stack things and they look like they have conversations with each other. The cats um, utter human like speech. Like she doesn't stop to, to like she has rules that she follows. When she goes into the city, she doesn't take pictures of the meat puppets or th- what she calls the dead. But they're not really dead. They're people floating in midair, and their eyes are all like. They're, they look like they're lit from within. These people are just floating, and they're like, mmm, and they're they're uttering this guttural kind of moaning. But they're really, well, you, as the story progresses, they're really words. Like it's very very creepy. Um She doesn't stare at the glow coming from storm drains. She finds it too disturbing, uh, causes nightmares. She stays away from the factories because of the rats. She doesn't listen to the cats too closely because. Again, it's, it's too disturbing to think about and there, there are pieces of, of human speech in, in the cat's moanings and, um, the, the, the zone likes to play with things. Birds fly or, or birds are stuck in, in midair in the form of an infinity symbol. Um, there are many whirlpools or, or like dust devils that are full of stuff frozen in midair like pieces of city and other things um and, and it's like the city is building these projects there was there's one panel where there's a bunch of um uh bowling pins arranged in like a mandala type shape and they're just floating in the middle of the air like just just, just it's so weird and and the thing that impressed me about this book is so you have all these extremely creepy goings on right the shadows in this book, bare minimum. Everything's almost like – it shifts between earth tones and like pastels. So it's it's very uncharacteristic. Like you would expect this book to be dark AF, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very brightly colored. Um, there's a zone in the city where everything has gone flat. And if you touch something that has been flattened, you get flattened too. Yeah, hmm. it's crazy. Like it's a different plane. Like all all the physical objects have been smooshed down. They retain their shape, but they're flat. And and there there's this one poor guy that's imprisoned in the surface of the road. Like as if he were stuck underneath a frozen lake and he's trying to get out like mm-hmm. he's he's under the road, but you can see him like it's ugh. Um and but the main thing is rule number six. She takes a, a motorcycle into the city. The main rule is never get off the bike. Just don't do it. Just get in there, take your pictures, get out. Um, she also has an unwritten rule, don't go near the hospital because she's deathly afraid of ever seeing her parents as meat puppets, right? Hmm. So um, why is this girl risking her life to go into this crazy zone where physics and time don't seem to work as they should and there are giant creatures in this thing she she goes in and 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 the the first time we're introduced introduced to her she goes into the city and there's this giant wolf creature that looks like something out of out of uh Darbont's the mist. It's a it's a wolf, but it has these long spindly legs and underneath it it has phosphorescent like bioluminescent udders that mm-hmm. come out and it's chasing her through the, the she, I mean she gets away, but it's not just like a weird zone in terms of time and space. There are nasty ass creatures in this place. So why would she go into this place if she didn't have to? Well, she makes money. On the photography. She has a, a number of collectors
1: mm-hmm.
2: who pay big bucks because it's totally forbidden. It's like there's been a media blackout on everything about the city. And she's pulling these photos um, and she's selling them. And one of her uh, patrons, this Ms. Vandersloot, she's very rich and has been the sole purchaser of Addison's art for like a year, she pulls some strings and goes against the rules and actually meets Addison and offers her a deal. And what's the deal? Well, it seems that a similar instance occurred in North Korea, but not to the extent in America. But since the North Koreans... Are somewhat more willing to sacrifice human lives in the, for the sake of, of science. Mm-hmm. They know more about what happened than we do. Um, so Mrs. Vandersloot is, is kind of in touch with the North Koreans and she knows things and, and she offers Addison a million dollar deal. Here's the deal. Within an area of PO Town, there's a radiology machine. And within that radiology machine is a little tiny box. You go in and get that box, and I will give you a million dollars. And Austin's like, how the freak can I say no to that? You're basically telling me one more ride, and I'm, I'm rich. But guess where the radiology machine is? Uh, I don't know. Could it be in the hospital that her parents worked in? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's 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 very cool, um, but the thing about uh, Lexa, the little sister, and her doll, the doll when the doll talks to Lexa, it's like a black dialogue balloon. Okay. So the doll is speaking, but Lexa is the only one who seems to hear it. Like so there's she's a. Her there, head. She's mental. There's a psychic. Li- no, she's not because at one okay. point. She likes to have these little play dates with, with Vespertine and all her other dolls. And she sets them all up and, sh- and she's like, okay Vespertine, who would you like to dance with today? And the, the stuffed animal that she makes Vespertine dance with, she's, she's holding them as a little girl would, dancing with their dolls. But then she pulls her hands away and the dolls are still friggin' dancing.
0: Oh.
2: Yes, there's something very strange That's going on. That's right. Yeah. But, I devoured this book. I couldn't stop. The, because, now, okay. No, the mysteries are layered. How did the city get this way? What happened? What's the deal with Vespertine? And Do we find these stuff out or no? Um, no. Because and how is, many pages are we talking? It is the first volume in an ongoing series. But how many pages? Well, let's see. I think it's 200... Two hundred and twelve pages. And what's the art style like? The art is very reminiscent. Let's see. It's a very spare style. Mm-hmm. The the figures are somewhat exaggerated. It's a clean, semi-clean line style. The color does a lot of the work here. Not manga, though. No, 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 no. No, this oh, it sounds very much like a manga. It's not. No, no, no. The, um, I'm trying to find an artist that I can comp- compare this to, and I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank here. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a very much more exaggerated. There's a little Jason Latour in this. Oh, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. the The line style is a little like Latour's, but it's much more cartoony than latour but the the approach is there, how he delineates clothing and um buildings it's very Latour in that respect but the the main characters not so much I think i if I showed this to Jason and I said this kind of reminds me of what you would do if you tried to really. Boil it down into the bare essence of what you do and get a little more loose and cartoony. That's what this would, I think that's what it would look like. Mm. I think it's a fantastic style. The art is just impeccable. But there's, there's another couple artists who this stuff looks like and I'm just not, I'm not drawing the line from A to B here. It's great. Why don't you just look it up yourself? Because I recommend buying this book. It's it's like twenty two ninety nine for a, a hardcover. Um but if you go to the thespillzone.com, dot com the spillzone dot mm-hmm. you can read the whole thing for free. Ah Yeah. And the Spill Zone two is going to be serialized on that site starting in October and the physical edition of that of the second part will not be published until July twenty eighteen. So if you read it – see, it makes me think that the, the the accident was nuclear because when you take off the dust jacket, the useless dust jacket, um, there's an icon in the middle of the front cover of a three-mile island type nuclear um, silo and there's the birds in the infinity shape over it. So it mm. it's, it's possibly nuclear, probably nuclear – um, but if there's something more to it than that, but go to thespillzone.com. dot com. Read. Oh wait,
0: dude, I'm looking at the art now on the site. Yeah, dude, I think it's got some rug, some Jim Rugg. A little bit. A little bit. I'm, little lo- bit. I'm looking. At the, the page I'm looking at is a, I guess, a husband and a wife or something arguing with a little girl, and the little girl was a spitting image of, uh, of, of the way that uh, I think Rugg draws a
2: street angel. Yeah, there's a little r- right, but I mean, reduced rug. Not not super illustrative rug. Oh, but then
0: this next uh, a couple pages later when there's like psychedelic little like stuffed beings like dancing, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Good cartooning, it, it, man. It's,
2: it's a it's a crazy ass book. It's yeah, awesome. wow. And I don't know
0: about this doll though. This doll freaks me out. Right? Mm-hmm. It looks, she looks it's like it's a little
2: crazy. raggedy Ann. So it, raggedy, I was just about to say Raggedy Ann with meets but, Chucky. With button eyes. And she she doesn't really oh, this is nice art buddy I know she doesn't really like um addison she she claims that you know she's not a fit surrogate mother and um she she just she may be maybe lexa's subconscious I don't know we don't know, nobody knows, but I want to know
1: and i'm mm, not this i'm is beautiful I'm really there's not some, one there's for some Andrew McLean
2: up in here, yes, yeah, yes, there is some Andrew McLean. oh, it's there. nice. But I see that's the thing. I don't want, I'm I'm trying not to get in the habit of comparing art. Like, we look at this and and we say, all right, this looks like a little bit of Andrew McLean, a little bit of Jason Latour. The line is very emotive, Um, it's loose, it's not the the figures are there's very little realism in here it's all, it's all um boiled down to the barest essence of what the human form looks like
0: which but, is why i i see the mclean i mean that's mclean's style yes and uh, it, i just think i i, 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 I know i know this is a new attempt for you and i i totally get it cuz i i know you don't want to marginalize um i don't or uh, what was it you used the term the other day with us on stratify. stratify
2: I don't right. like stratifying art it's so let's I talk think, on that for i just for a think second, it's a ro- though, because
0: there's a functional reason why stratifying art is 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 commonplace on shows including ours which is that we are a audio. we're an audible we're an audio pot, uh show right. talking about a visual medium sure. and the short the it's a natural shortcut to try and help fill the mental picture of our listeners who haven't seen exactly. this. Exactly.
2: The words we say have to trigger mental images. I, right. I, I get that. But okay. when you talk high art, outsider art, street art, underground art, low art, so on and so on and so on, what's the common denominator? Right? It's all art. But mm-hmm. but when we classify this stuff and, and we give it a name – that it shares with similar styles. We're, we're being lazy. We're, we're doing it a disservice because it almost forces us to overlook that, that X factor, that thing that makes each artist unique. So you say, Oh, this Peter Cooper, man, he's great. He, he, he looks, he looks like a German expressionist, but he's, yeah, there's some, some German expressionism in Peter Cooper's style but he also uses stencils and spatter and, and it's not the german expressionist stuff that makes peter cooper unique it's the, it's the other stuff that we may be overlooking because we're calling him a german expressionist you know or or you say somebody's a, an abstract expressionist okay that's great but he also does this whenever he paints a sky that is totally unique and nobody, you know, nobody else is doing it. That's what we should be focusing, not the fact that he's lumped in with this gigantic group of people known as abstract expressionists. It just makes us lazy. I, I think we should... It, it, that's one of our goals, right, in doing this, is to find like better, more comprehensive ways of discussing this art we love so much. So why are we intentionally limiting ourselves? I do it all the time. We, we, I don't think we're
3: limiting. I don't think we just say, okay, yeah, this looks like Andrew McLean, and then that's it. We don't. I'm not. But I, it's
2: part of it.
3: I, that's part. Yes, because we want. We at, at least we, we want to withstand... I don't even want to say the foundation, but we want to give someone an idea. But we're not saying like, if I'm going to talk about Brian Hitch's old work, if I say Alan Davis clone, that pretty much is. There's really nothing that 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 you can kind of. Massage to 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 make it not look like that as I'm trying to explain it, but there are other styles, which is why we and, and like Jason's interview with with Carl, where he talks about you know where he he sees a few different artists in that. So we never we never really just say it's it looks like this, and then that's it. At least I try to. Flesh it out a bit, and and at right. least give someone an idea that you know it's not just this. If you you know, because we could say that about stories too. Well, if you like that, you'll like that But it, even with oh, art,
2: that's another which, subject.
3: I know, yeah. but if 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 it's, I I totally get what you're saying. And yeah, if,
2: I'm just trying to find the X factor. What makes right. each artist unique without relying on using words to describe them that aren't them
3: but in, unless we're going to do a slideshow or a video show it's it's we have to go by the words no, but and are very on,
2: we're very intelligent people we could find we ways are. to do it yeah but
3: okay so if I'm going to talk about the way someone draws a head you know I you're going if I if I tell a dozen people what do you picture if I'm telling you the head looks like this, on the floor, and 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 the body's strewn about. It's isn't that
2: the beauty of what, it though? but, that, that but No, not, not, but I don't
0: no, think. I don't think for the majority of our listeners because they want be to the they be able to to follow along in their heads immediately and and and, they and get know, a grasp so of so well, something that, that that's, that's, yeah. the that's the age in which fine. we live. Yeah. we reading. It's we that's not be, the age we live. That's natural. They're listening to us describe a visual medium. We have to use verbal cues and shortcuts to help them. Get to where they need to get, so they can follow along. Otherwise, it's just a miasma of words that they're going to get bored and disconnected from, and they're going I like, s- "I got no fucking idea what you're talking about," so I'm going to tune out.
2: I, I Not if we're good seconds. at it. Not if so, we're so the
0: guy. If mm-hmm. I say
3: the guy, the guy looks in the mirror. And, you know, and his reflection is back at him. So you got one guy who's thinking, okay, that's a Charles Schultz head. You got one guy thinking that's Don Newton. You got another guy thinking that's Walt Simon. Nobody, nobody's going to be able to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. I I, I can picture that art. I can picture what that that page looks like in my mind, even though I haven't read the issue yet. We can't, we can't just be vague and and say on this page, there's three people talking and and move on.
2: Well, I'm going to try and limit, obviously... I do agree with Jason that we have to be semi-direct. Yes. Because, I mean, even though we go for three hours, we do have to take some shortcuts in getting, driving that point home. So, I'm gonna try and limit myself doing that. Like, okay, this may look like Andrew McLean, but there's a visual shorthand going on here that is reminiscent of Andrew McLean, but same but not same.
0: No, I, and I to be clear, I think that's an excellent idea. I think starting them by saying, "Okay, you, if you looked at this, your immediate reaction is you might think it's something like this artist or a combination of these artists." It gets them. It, it's it's um it's like echolocation it, that gets them to the to the borough of Manhattan that you're trying to get them to. Okay. Th- then you use your 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 Wi-Fi towers to zero into exactly where they are. And that's where you go. You build off that and say, but he has a thicker line, or but, and as you said, this guy uses a lot less detail outside of the figure work. But but then really lets the colors speak for him. Yeah. So you, and then I think that's where you start. You center them, and then you start pulling back from that to help make this this artist unique for the the reader. Right. But look, there's no right or wrong. I'm just saying. I think. No, that I'm just trying to fine tune. A, yeah, I I think the but but it while while a very noble idea, I think one of the hardest things about comics reviewing and not just in not just in podcast form, but but in in website form as well. And a lot of artists complain about this is the inability to speak intelligently on the language of the art. And I think there's a lot of things that go on there, but one of the things I think that most Often is at play that the artists don't necessarily conceptualize. Is it's easier to on the fly analyze or discuss plot, right? I mean, super that, that's, easy, yeah, right. And that's why. So, so again, it's a shortcut people are taking. I, I think many shows and many sites need to strive to do a better job of giving more than equal pay to the art critique or review or analysis or compliment because it's a visual medium. But I don't, I don't, I'm never going to say we're perfect at it. We, we, we make, we make it, we, we make lots of mistakes. We say lots of stupid shit, but I do think we're pretty good at it. I do think we spend a lot of time when we're talking about a book, talking about the art. In fact, I would say we, we often give the plot of a story shorter shrift than is typical. Oops. Uh, and I'd like to think that's part of one of the reasons that we have some, The success that we have is that we have a little bit of a different approach.
2: Right. Okay. Before we move on, Mm -hmm. the colors are primarily flat, which, ding, winner in my book. Uh The panel borders are as varied in line thickness as the interiors. Bing, another win in my book. Um. The, there is a double-page splash that forces you to turn the book in a different direction. That's another plus in my book, and it's completely out of nowhere. There's nothing before it, nothing after it. It's the sole example of a double-page spra- splash in this. Well, I may have been lying. There may be one in the beginning, but it doesn't force you. There is. It doesn't force you to, to turn the book in a, in a... In a direction that's uncomfortable but this is perfect because the the narrative the the events in this scene are very uncomfortable and so you moving the book out of your comfort zone mirrors the character and what's going on with her so blah 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 um i just think it's a fantastic amazing Uh, book, it's superbly illustrated, it's smartly written, it has me wanting more much more Um, check out The Spill Zone go to the site, thespillzone.com and read it, it's amazing, it's so good it looks great yeah Yep. well done I'm done for right now are you? for right now, yeah
0: Craig Yo is a dirty man, by the way. <laughs>
2: he so is. He really is. You see that Velma picture? <laughs> yes. yes Velma. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. He, he oh. just doesn't care. He, doesn't he really care. doesn't. No. <laughs> well, you wear your hair like that. You just can't care. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. He's my he's my blood
0: brother. Uh, I know we already mentioned Batman Twenty Six because we're mentioned in it, and that's super yes. cool. But, and. and there's got to be some subset of our listeners who feel like we're, we've bec- we've become the Tom King show, but I have to say, when you're that good, he continues to impress. There is a part, a moment in this issue where you've got a stat panel of of a house, a McMansion, and as far as I can tell, it is a stat panel. It's it's just the it's the mansion three times in three panels on the bottom of the page and joker is going in there and or is it joker or riddler i don't i forget if it's which is which it's whoever's kill, killing it but it says that there's a, a a couple and then they have three kids and on the one panel we see we see blam blam and then the next balloon says and they have three kids and then you see, then you see the the sound effect blam 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 and i think that is masterful i think that's yeah. so wonderfully done uh, I, I I presume the credit is is to Tom in that he writes full scripts and specifically called that out. But but if not, if it's just if it's just Janine's, um, riffing off of Tom's anecdote of, of of two people having three kids getting killed, then credit to him or or credit to them both if it's collaborative. Whatever it may be, I, it's brilliant, brilliant storytelling that is one of those little tiny moments that reminds you of the kinds of things you can do in a comic that you can't do in any other medium. Yep. Because it's the combination of seeing those words and then your eyes going to the panel next to it and seeing those sound effects that makes this happen. Yes. Yeah, I think even if you if even if there was a, a film or a TV show you were watching with a narrator saying those words, it would be cool as well, but it still, to me, wouldn't have had the impact yeah. of so perfectly structured in that way to convey that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's a little thing, but I just I I just, I saw that and I said, man, I said, this guy is just, whew, yeah, that is special
2: stuff. I also don't mind the duplicated panel in this instance because it works. <laughs> well, that's yeah. right,
0: right. Normally and we'd be, we'd be all over staff panels as being lazy, but in this case it was by design. It's a, uh,
2: and
3: it's unusual for a Batman book because it's a beautiful, clear, nice, blue sky day. Right. And it's, it's, it, it's a very colorful page and there's a lot of colorful pages in this, especially when Riddler and Ivy are, are talking and walking. Um,
2: dude, that Ivy cover.
3: Yeah, that, that, that Middleton cover is. My God. Just pretty damn slamming. Um, I love the uh if you want to call it a little bit of a lighter moment compared to Jason's example was the um the the reference to the Tim Burton Batman movie when um Riddler's being operated on. Um there were a lot of cool little moments. I mean I enjoyed the first issue setting up the uh this this story, but um this was this, this hit some pretty good notes for me. I, I, uh, I enjoyed it a, a lot. And I dig that, uh, you know, he's still, he's still telling Selena this, it, it's still a story told in flashback and, and we don't really see him. And I mean, we see Batman, um, in like two panels, but we pretty much don't see Bruce or at least present day Bruce until, again, the end of the issue. Um, and, you know, this could just be a story he's telling her while, um, she's still mulling over, over his proposal. So it, it's, all all, it is still a, um,
2: it's, and it's, but it's not only, though, it's not only a story though. He's giving her very, very valuable data. Oh, absolutely.
3: Yeah. Everything he said, you know, cause he's even mentioning all the victims and, and what they've left behind and who they are. And, and it's, it, it, which is, what I was just about to say that it's not, it's not just a story that you know you're 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 telling someone and the the details don't matter because there is so much death in these handful of pages it's it's a very it's a heavy story as as beautiful as it as it looks because it's so well drawn and and again the colors are amazing it's it's not a light or a a as funny as it is with the title of the story, it's, it's not a happy story, and it's not, uh, it, it's definitely not, um, it is, it is absolutely based on everything going on around Batman that he kind of sort of doesn't have a lot to do with because it is just Joker and Riddler at the moment. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, so far in these two issues, at least, it's, it's, it's one of Batman's darker grimmer stories for me.
2: Yeah, but he's at his most vulnerable here. He's he's laying it all out. He's exposing himself to Selena. Like I can't even remember the last time, if there even was a last time he's done this. That's what I'm saying. He's giving her very valuable data. Should she ever decide to turn against him, she could take him down. Not physically. But with all this information, then he's just, he's got like diary of the mouth. He's like, I'm a superhero, and this is all the stuff I've like, like he, Right, because I trust you, because I, I want to marry you. And if she, like, if she says no, there's another person out there in the world walking around that has a huge amount of information on Bruce Wayne. She's a liability if she says no. You know, whether he wants to admit it or not she is a liability. She's a loose so, end. Are you presuming that she hasn't given her answer yet? Well, I I, I'm leaning towards the fact that she does say yes, because why would he go through all this if she didn't?
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I cannot, in the world of, of proposals, one doesn't propose particularly if one is Batman. Right. And then have her say, can I think on it? And then he starts spilling his guts. That There's no way that happens. Right. So she said yes. Now, whether they actually get married, as I said, when, the proposal issue happened. I that will remain to be seen, but but I, yeah. I cannot fathom that she didn't say yes already if this is happening.
2: He wears his undies a little bit high. <laughs> 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 uh, Only you. What is Tom drinking? Because I want some of that. Right. This is great stuff. And and the whole creative team. We we can't. Turn away from Yanine and and Chung and and uh, Clayton Collins. They're just they're they're killing this.
0: Yes, this week was defined by incredible fill in art. Wow, do tell. Dap, did you read all new Guardians of the Galaxy number four? Uh, number four, yes. I must admit, because while I do peruse previews, I don't make a habit of reading the solicits for books I already know I'm going to order. So I did not read the solicit or do not remember reading the solicit for all new Guardians of the Galaxy number four. So it was with complete gleeful surprise that when I opened up the pages of said book, I saw that it had a guest
2: artist by the name of Chris Somney. Wow. On Guardians? On Guardians. That's cray. Did oh, you know do, that it's number book?
3: five?
0: Oh, do I mean number five? I must be number five. I because number three
3: was Fraser Irving, and then and then Aaron came back with number four. Oh, I, mean I number didn't five. read. I didn't read number five yet. But that is awesome. Did
0: you not know he was the guest? First? I did not. Damn, I'm sorry. It's all oh, good.
2: Shit. Let's hear
0: what your boot this is. Where, this is where my own note taking hurts me. Because in our note, our Slack channel, we both have that we read up to four, and I didn't change it to five.
2: Damn.
0: Uh, oh, so well, well, not at- well, anyway, I'm not going to but- get into what happens, but it is a one-shot. It's a standalone issue. Okay. Go ahead. I, I'm wondering, because the, the first
3: standalone issue, or one-shot, if, the, the first fill-in by Fraser, focused on Gamora, and by the cover of this one, I have a feeling that this is on Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it very similar to, I guess, maybe sort of, kind of what um, is being done with Seven to Eternity. If Aaron, for for instance, Aaron Cooter is drawing, is this the main series artist, if you want to call him that? Then that, then when we need, when he needs to to take a breather, if we get somebody else in, then they just do a spotlight. On a member of the team, which I'm cool with because it's not, right. it's not like it broke up the story and you're, mm-hmm. you're trying the same continuing part with a different look. But I, I, but so, um, I, I like that it's, uh, and oh man, to see his star Yeah. That's going
0: to be slamming. Now to keep it real, keep it 100. I'm not generally keen on the idea of the quote unquote regular artist needing a fill in for two of the first five issues. But I'm sure there are extenuating circumstances, and as you said, both of these issues are one-shots that are more look-back character pieces than, um, than key pieces of the first arc. So it's all good. And, and look, the other complaint I have, and it's an, a very specific wood-related wood issue, which is that uh, Sonny's art on Guardians is a dream come true – uh, but because it is a Star-Lord-focused book, we don't get him drawing most of the team. Mm. And at first I was feeling some kind of way about that, because I felt like I thought I, I, I was getting greedy. But then I realized Somalia doesn't sell his pages anyway, so.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, doesn't <laughs> it really it's matter. Right?
0: It's I would still like to see him draw the Guardians in totality, so maybe we will see that. But, uh, but yeah, so a nice little surprise. And that's what I was alluding to, the fact that uh, two of the, the the most visually stunning books of the week for me were that fill in, and then as you just mentioned, Mister James Heron taking over for two issues on Seven to Eternity, starting with number seven. I can't wait to read this.
2: Oh, you didn't read it yet? Read it <laughs> yet. God damn it, <laughs> bro! Love so it. <laughs> right Speaking now, of man, the Slack channel, I mean, no one's That's why we do, do our list, right? He just doesn't Jesus. check them out.
0: He's a maverick. I thought you were going to get on that. That's, Damn it. That's funny. It's not time to
2: read Skull Island, though. Should, uh, <sighs> dude, that, that's two weeks old. So old. But we all did read the same thing for this week, didn't we? I don't know. Bl- yes, we did. Uh, Blood Brothers. Oh, yes, we did. Would you want to speak on that? Speak on it. You speak on it. I already talked. Um,
0: I don't know that I can speak on it right now. It's been a while since I read it. I, I'm not, I don't remember much about it.
2: Oh my. Okay. Well, no, I do.
0: I remember. Okay. I'm there. It, it, so I remember. It's. I remember that it's a story of two. Well, first of all, it's written by Fabian Rangel, Jr. Um, the artist's name. Do you have it handy? I don't have it handy. Javier, Javier Caba. Go
2: ahead. Javier yes. Caba.
0: Martin okay. Caba. Okay. Uh, it is a story of two brothers, one of which is a luchador. <laughs> uh, a big old luchador, the other of which is not uh it is a comedy which or an action comedy i guess but but comedic um and i i i didn't realize how much of wrangle's work has comedic overtones until I Hell did yeah. the deep dive the last few weeks, yeah yeah um definitely a part of his ouvoir or whatever you may call it um. But uh, I don't know. Why don't you speak on it? Because I, I
2: can't. I, again, I don't. Re- I honestly don't remember much of what happened. Okay, uh, Jason had part of it right. There, there are two brothers, uh, Diego and Gabriel. Gabriel is the luchador. Uh, Diego is a veteran from some war in which he was scarred, and uh, he he was in proximity of some kind of a weapon that allows him to see what I'm guessing is the spirit world. Yeah.
3: That would be my guess.
2: Yes. Um, meanwhile, an Aztec skull is stolen from a museum. And this is a skull in which everyone associated with the skull's procurement died under mysterious circumstances. And, and a, a photo is shown. And in the photo, much to uh, Diego and Gabriel's dismay, is their father, Ramon. Um, there are werewolves in this book, a group of werewolves who, uh, are responsible for taking the skull. And that's basically where it leaves off. Gabe, uh, they're both on the force. They're both police officers, Diego and Gabriel. And they're, they're brought in on this, this case of the missing skull. And it somehow involves their past and and that's where it it leaves off but the, the it's a basically character driven which is awesome because Diego is a is a pretty mean son of a bitch and Gabriel is 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 the heart of the of the two Diego's all emotion and Gabriel is well no I shouldn't say that Diego is is anger and hostility and um frustration and Gabriel seems to be the honest um not peace loving, but he's more in tune with uh honest emotion than, than Diego. Diego's just a hothead. How would you describe it, David? Um
3: Yeah, Diego is is He's
2: carrying one baggage.
3: Who yeah, he's um and with and May not entirely be self-inflicted. He, he, he's, he's wounded in more ways than one. I mean, they don't really get into, um,
2: not yet. Yeah.
3: They, they don't, uh, he, he, he moves on, you know, he explains to the curator that, you know, that, that's our father in the picture. And then they just, you know, move on so they can, um, handle their business. But it's, you know, uh, he, uh, Gabriel wants to, try to maybe get to the bottom of why their father was in that photograph um but uh and while Diego does miss their father um that's not going to uh dwelling on something like that isn't going to solve the matter at hand so since they're on the case um and with with Diego's abilities uh he's able to to track where um the artifact. Is. Uh the the art is I, I really, really like the art. I like the action. Um it's it's laid out really well. Um and also what's um what's interesting is um while Diego can see the spirit world, when they walk into the bar
2: Yeah um completely forgot about that.
3: We uh it, it looks like uh Gabriel might um have some powers as well.
2: Um, oh, no. I, I totally glossed over the fact that this world in which these characters reside is populated mm-hmm. by fantasy creatures.
0: Yeah, that's true. There, yeah. there, there are
2: fairies yeah, when you see flying the bar, around. They're, they're, they're at a bar and there's yeah. all kinds of creatures. The bartender yeah. is a cyclops. There's a yeah, lion. Aliens, little mm-hmm. dudes. Yeah, a lion on the force um a creature yeah so it's elves, it, yeah. it it's it's like it it very reminiscent of fables to me you have a two-headed monster playing mm-hmm. pool you know there's there's a, with an eagle type character uh there's a a guy in one of the booths who's an elf with with a sword you have goblins running around so i mean we don't know what happened to make this place. Evolve in this manner, but and as far as the war goes, that thing that went kablooey did not look like a conventional weapon. It looked like no. a, a magic-based weapon. Yes, it's again more mysteries, but I it's, it's another one of those. But not aggravating. It's no, not, not ag- at it, all. No, it's, all, it's not. It,
3: it's, it all it all completely works. Um, I mean, yeah. even even with the loot store just you know, walking around in his cape on, and it, 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 it's no, it's not. Any more out a place than you know the the Zootopia like police force. They right, right. On.
2: Now I was going to say he looks more normal than everything else around him. It's yeah. just a, just a dude in a in a colorful costume where you got like vampire type creatures running around and and well werewolves and it's it's neat. It's very strange, but but also very cool.
3: I, I, I like the relationship between the brothers. I, I like a lot. I, I, I like everything about this book.
2: Yeah, me too. Me too. It's it's the the illustration style is somewhat lighthearted. Yep. Um, tad on the cartoony side. Beautiful line work. I mean, it, the thick's and thins abound. So it the the line is very alive, which I love. Uh, it it feels like a dark horse book to me. Even though it? even though it was published by Dynamite, this would be very much at home at Dark Horse, Dark Horse I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then something else about the skull, too. The skull, is, like I said, it's an Aztec skull, but it's the skull of someone who tried to take over the Empire and was killed. And before he was killed, he leveled a curse on the people. So there's some bad mojo going on with this skull. Some mojo-jojo? Yeah. No, it's, it's just cool. You know, and- luch- luchadors are in vogue now. They have been for, sure. for the better part of a decade or more. But this doesn't feel like he was inserted just to, you know, check something off the list. Okay, luchadors are popular. Let's stick a luchador in there. It feels right.
3: What's um, Plausible. Something else that, that feels right outside of the museum. There's a dinosaur, which, you know, you would expect to see. Uh, a statue of, of a dinosaur, but to the right of the entrance is a full size monstrous statue of, of a dragon. Because mm-hmm. again, that's just the kind of thing that would exist in this world. And it's, right. uh, it, it, it really is. It's, um, it's a lot of fun. Completely, um, I completely missed this when it, when it was solicited. So, um, big ups to you both for mentioning it.
2: It's what we do. It is
0: okay. what we do. Okay. Yeah. I will quickly say that I, I did read Space Riders, uh, the first trade. Mm, so good, right? Yes, yes. You 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 sung its praises when it was first coming out. Uh, so kudos to you, but also by Fabian with art by his buddy Alexis Zirat, and it, it it is it is just a psychi- a psychedelic bananas ride, right? I mean the. the, the you know what this felt like to me? This felt like one of those crazy day glow, black felt posters you'd buy at the mall in the 80s come to life. Dicks. It's just like you started tripping yep. and you were looking at one of those. And then all of a sudden you were sucked into a world that was colored and animated to look just like that. And it was a space adventure.
2: I think like, Alexis would hug you for saying that. Well, there you go. Because that,
0: that's what he's going for. Perfect. Um, but just a a blast. There's a a sequel coming, going out right, right now. Yep. Um, which I am going to, this is all by black mask, by the way, but I'm going to wait for that, that, uh, that trade as well. But that is called space riders galaxy of brutality. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you were right. This is, this is craziness. It's, uh, it's an homage to Kirby. It's, 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 it's an homage to Nexus. Uh, There's just, crazy stuff. It's a uh, captain Pelligro, which is Spanish for, for, dangerous. Uh, and he is, uh, early in the, in the series, he is essentially a forced, uh, as a forced hiatus. And I think it's been about two years and then he's called back to duty. So he gets his crew back together and they fly around in a spaceship. That's this giant fluorescent skull. And they come up against all kinds of different, uh, you know, space scum, um, and it's just good old fashioned, you know, id comic. It's it's you know it 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 is what it is, which is just 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 a uh, like a. I mean, he, it's no surprise. Wrangle is in the same posse and artistic collective as I mean, he and Alexis and a lot of those out of step art guys, right? He and McLean and 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 Ben Mara, they're they're all boys. Aaron, Aaron Conley. Um, you know, they are holding down the true alt-comic scene right now, I would say. You know, they're one of the crews. They're holding that down, making their own comics in their own way with their own visual language that is, uh, by design, distinct. You know, it, it's, it's done because it pleases them, and it's not necessarily the most commercial. Um, but because of that, I think it's of a very high quality. Uh, and then they all have very different approaches to the way they, they tell stories, but I don't think it's a surprise that they're all boys and travel together to cons and hang out together and many of them are part of the same art collective called Out of Step. And, um, it's just, it was great stuff. It's four issues. Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, a hundred, I think a, like a hundred and thirty, forty page trade. Um, but, uh, it's just, it's, it's just non-stop balls of the wall fun from first page to the last. Yep. You get the hardcover? No, I got the softcover. Okay. Um, I didn't even know there was a hardcover, to be honest. Yeah, there's one. I know. I ordered I, the soft I, cover I, from I, Amazon.
2: I don't have the hardcover.
0: I maybe, we might have to uh, resolve that when when we next we see Fabian. Sure. I like the way you think. Yeah, I do too. mm Hmm. So you didn't read Extremity Number Five either, then, Dad?
3: Uh, five, no. <laughs> with
0: she with got very and with. Issue. Shit got very real this issue. Really,
3: nobody's nobody's reading the Slack channel. That's cool. No,
0: I I always read it. I see it all.
2: I I see it. I see it. I don't. I don't know if that's true, Vince. What do you mean? I always read it. Mm, Okay. I do. Wow. I I look as at the list as if I choose, meaning that you read this. So if I choose to read it, I can join in on the fun. But if I Mm. choose not to read it, I fully expect y'all to talk about it. That's how I view the list. Uh, okay. I I
3: view the list just as that. Yes, there are times where I'll have read things that I've read and then I'll look at the list to see what else. Oh, I've
2: I do that I too. Uh, yeah, and I'll be like, all right, yeah. I don't have anything to collaborate with. Maybe I'll pick one of these books that they have read and I will right. read it as well.
3: Right, but it's also just a it, it's also a running list so that this way I know, I, I use it To then, I can go back and, and I tend not to write the notes while I'm reading or after I finish a book. I'll, I'll just, I'll read everything, make the list, and then I'll go back and, and try to do some notes before we record. But, um, but you mentioned something that you were going to save till later. Yes. As if, as if to go off on a down note. And, and what was that?
2: Not by me. It's not a down note. It's very much an upbeat. No, because I loved it, but I was going to talk about The Shadow Green Hornet, Dark Knight.
3: Uh-huh. Okay. And had you read The Slack? Yes. What would you have seen?
2: That you read it. Okay. I saw that.
3: I saw You were it. making a sound as if you know you are going to talk, to Jay, talk about no, it, Jason well, be all
2: like, I'm going to go make a sandwich. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because well, he, he probably will. Well, what's not wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. It's like so. We're just going to talk about it, by but I, I didn't. No, no, no. See, I didn't. I never implied that, or I didn't mean to imply that. I knew that you would at least chime in, like, yay or nay, or so. Let's talk about this. Okay. The Shadow, Green Hornet, Dark Nights, written by Michael Uslan, art by Keith Burns, color art by Tony Avena, Lots of covers um most notably by Alex Ross, John Cassaday and Chris Iliopoulos. It's a bit of an anomaly for me. Thank you very much because it's a historically accurate story. Now those accuracies albeit they're wrapped in this fictional narrative, but it's accurate nonetheless. And it's as Gumpian in that way. It's, it's so accurate that writer Michael Uslan felt compelled to round out the volume with a five-page series of footnotes detailing because, all of the historical inclusions to the story. Yes.
3: Because – well, yeah, because they were at the end of each issue. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, well, forget, I forgot that there was only one page per issue. But you just said five page, but yes. Yeah, in the trade, they, they stick them
2: yeah. all at, in the end of the book. Right. Um, but it's a story that, that begins and ends with the Shadows' Jirasal, his ring. And and those that aren't in the know, a.k.a. Jason, legend has it that the, the gem in the Shadows' ring is a piece of Red Star, that mm-hmm. was, that was found in, uh, Mexico in these, th- this fire opal mines in the 1500s by the Zinca Indians. And the Zincas found this gem and they- The Gazintas? Zinca. X-I-N-C-A, Zinca. They, they took the gem and they placed it in the eye socket of a sacred idol. But the Spanish conquistadors came and fucked shit up. And took the 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 eye, and the, the it eventually landed in the hands of Nicholas II, the Tsar of Russia. So the shadow, which was at the time, who was at the time operating under the moniker of the Dark Eagle, see the shadow was a a pilot uh, in the air force at one time, World War One he infiltrated the Tsar's inner circle and gained the trust of Nicholas II's advisor. And who was that, David? Rasputin. Rasputin. And he traded a goofy old gem-and-crusted dagger <laughs> for this extremely powerful... He bilked him. He, he bamboozled Rasputin um, for the girasol. Um It's incredibly powerful but. You have to be trained to use it. So the shadow, who is not Lamont Cranston, he's Kent Allard, he yes. he goes to um, Master Chow Lee in the Orient, and he learns over the period of, of time to learn to, to harness the power of the, the girasol. But as we learn in this book... Chow Lee had another student. Dun, dun, dun. So like I said, everything in this book revolves around the ring. Um, many people have died uh, in its wake. It was the reason for World War I. The assassination of Archduke uh, Franz Ferdinand of Austria in 1914 was nothing more than a play by the Kaiser to get his hands on the ring. See, that to me is very cool. If you could take a bit of history... World War I did start when Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated, right? Uh-huh. But it wasn't for any reason other than Nicholas uh, the Kaiser wanted to get the ring. So now it's 1939. Second World War is on the horizon. Look at this guy, Hitler. He thinks he's cool. His power is increasing. Um, but he's promised power by someone else. More power than he could ever have. He's, he's promised this power by the shadow's arch nemesis, Shiwan Khan, who, he's crazy, he's nutty as a fruitcake, he thinks he's the latest incarnation of Genghis Khan. So Shiwan Khan tempts Hitler with this power, but to deliver on his promise, what do you think he needs? He needs the Jerusalem. he needs the shadow's ring. Um But unknown to him, and this is where maybe Jason will get interested, I don't know. Um, the Shadow has given the Jirasal to someone for safekeeping. And Jason, do you know who he gives it to? Uh, I'm going to say the Green Hornet. Nikola Tesla. Oh, all right, that's cool. He gives the <laughs> ring. <to> t- <laughs> so we are to assume, this is how cool the Shadow is. We are to assume that Tesla... Is the, one of the most brilliant minds ever to fly out of a womb is nothing more than one of the shadow's agents. Uh-huh. That's how cool the shadow is. That's pretty neat. It is cool. Um, so Shiwan Khan plans to force the shadow out into the light and make off with the Jirasol. But wait, if the shadow had to be trained in its use, what hope does Shiwan Khan have against that? Ah. Uh, That's the other pupil. Master Chow Lee had another pupil, and it was, in fact, Shiwan Khan. So did the Master betray the shadow by training another in the mysteries of the Um Read the book and find out. (laughs) And you're asking, Jason, I know you're asking, where does the Green Hornet fit in all this? Totally asking that. Well, Herbert Hoover and Roosevelt they're they're watching Germany they're, they're keeping an eye on Germany and they see the military industrial complex ramping up they're spitting out war machines left and right uh, and they plan to quietly follow suit in America um, they're converting Detroit's auto industry to manufacture weapons of war um, and Roosevelt has a, a um a meeting he 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 calls uh, all these <laughs> auto chemical steel newspaper bigwigs to a meeting because he thinks like, okay, we're we're pretty ripe for sabotage. These fifth column dudes are going to just tiptoe into our country and start messing shit up. Who do you think was invited to the meeting? Well, yes, Lamont Cranston, but Britt Reed, newspaper magnate, and Britt Reed is the Green Hornet who masquerades as a criminal. See, he's the worm in the apple. He, he, he convinces the criminal element that he's one of them, and he brings him down from within. And the Shadow and the Green Hornet align to stop all these threats to America. It's like a reluctant alliance, and towards the end of the story, um, they pretty much get the rub on each other, and they're like, okay, you're all right. I'll help you out, and I'll help you out because you're, you're fine. Uh but what a great story. Dap, did you love it?
3: I didn't love it and I I did like it. I thought the story was cool. I loved all of the moments that um Eastland used to add the the historical accuracies to it, but um, I was I was not feeling the art at all. Oh,
2: I liked the the, the the art. The art
3: killed it for me. didn't it, it, it's it, super raw. It it was raw, but it was just it was it, it was hard to make things out at times. There were there were just there were some choices that that Burns seemed to have made that just were completely baffling to me. It was, and and just to, it, I just I was not I. I I could have dug some of the line work, but it just it, – it was not – it was not pleasing to me at all.
2: Okay. I won't dance around it. There are probably 50 guys who could have done a better job illustrating this. But for what it was, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I really liked the rawness of it. I think the depiction of the shadow and the green hornet were great. Um, it's very dark. It's extremely dark. Uh, it, it, it starts, um, on the surface and it goes deeper. They go into the, the original, uh, railway system of Manhattan underground on, on top of which Manhattan was rebuilt. And so, you know, it, it, it's very shadowy. So, you know, uh, uh, yes. It could, it could have been illustrated better, but I enjoyed it. Um, it, I think the story's fantastic and it's, it's loaded with tons of xenophobia, uh, prevalent to the era. Like, (laughs) Shiwan, Shiwan Khan assumes that the Green Hornet must be a Nazi sympathizer because he's hanging around with a Japanese dude.
3: Yeah. And he's a criminal mastermind and, and, and obviously Kato must be uh so he's a sympathizer cuz cuz Kato's Japanese yeah, and there he's, he's got to be a sympathizer it's he's hanging right. around with
2: a jap yeah. um huh. but the uh the series is just full of great stuff like Tesla makes a death ray powered by the shadows ring to help cool. to help America's war efforts um you get the shadows version of the punisher's microchip Burbank He's, yeah. he's all jacked into this communication network located on the 103rd floor of the Empire State Building, which you'll know is kind of weird because the Empire State Building only has 102 floors. Margot Lane is portrayed as a bit of a slut in this. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Naturally. There's, there's a naked ass. Like yeah. it, there's, someone comes to see her and she opened the door like a crack and there's a naked dude's ass like in the in the background running away. Uh, she fir- flirts with Britt Reid. Um, you get Lenore Case, Reed's secretary. Her and Margot Lane have a shared, like, shadowy past. The top of the Chrysler Building is blown off. Um, the weed of crime wordplay is in here. It's woven into the dialogue. <laughs> you, there's a, a tip of the hat to Detective Comics number twenty-seven and Marvel Comics number FDR. one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, FDR is kidnapped and held hostage. It gets a little goofy at the end with the albino alligators, but, but because people went to Florida on vacation and came home with baby alligators and they realized that these things were going to grow and they flushed them down the toilet and the alligators got big and albino. It's the urban myth. Um, but the, one of the coolest things, and this is the reason why I brought up the lone ranger <laughs> uh, last week was because at the, the, the meeting, that uh, FDR had, he talks to Britt Reed, the Green Hornet, and says, I knew your great uncle. And Reed's like, really? And he's like, yeah, I was just a child, and he gave me a silver bullet. I'll never forget it. Now, he was a Texas Ranger, gave FDR, kid FDR, a silver bullet, who is Britt Reed's great uncle. John Reed, the Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger, yep. That's awesome.
3: It was. It absolutely no I, I, I thought the um I thought tying things together um was kinda of neat. There wasn't it it wasn't uh hand it wasn't heavy-handed they, they, they didn't uh the story wasn't told in a way that that they were trying to cram everything in it, if, if it if it worked if it fit then it just made the story better I, I thought that um that there were certain notes that youland hit that that really uh reinforced it that that it's a cool story um I I haven't read a ton of Green Hornet stories. Um I knew the Lone Ranger connection. Um it's this these five issues went a lot farther into giving me some more background on the shadow as far as his other aliases than, than uh um, more recent shadow stories, whether it's
2: written by Matt Wagner or even Yeah
3: Batman is, Shadow.
2: He is Lamont Cranston, but he's not. Right that's why I said that the the last time we were talking about the shadow he is but he only took that name because of the downed pilot whose body would never be recovered so he had an alter ego with that had a past that wasn't his so he could operate in secrecy basically because he was a dead man who wasn't dead get it that's what i mean <laughs> but, yeah, I could. Jason would not enjoy this story, I don't think.
0: It doesn't, doesn't sound like it's up my alley. Yeah.
2: I, I it's all good.
0: It. No, I loved all of we it. We can't have fully overlapping circles. We have yeah. concentric circles that have some some lack of
2: overlap. That's cool. I will say this. If Riley Rossmo illustrated this, it would be a classic. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to poop on Keith Burns. I like the art. It's just not It's not extraordinary. That's what I'm saying. If Matt Wagner mm-hmm. or Riley Rosmo drew this, it would be one for the the ages. Yeah, I mean I still right. think the story is. But, you know, could have used a little bit of a little bit more finesse. Right, Dap? Absolutely. Still good though. So if you can find it, get it and read it because it's good.
3: But. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the buildings, the settings, the clothing—I mean, I, I think I think Burns did a good job of, of representing the, the era. Um, it was just his, his line work, his characters, his uh, the action, and it, it, they were just—it was not a um, not a strong look.
2: He's a man that's—he's an artist that's still climbing the bell curve. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Good, but getting better. Right. Yeah. I can see that. So there you go. What else do we have? Let's do some questions. Let's do some questions. What from so, oh. so
0: from time to time, <laughs> we ask our patrons via our Patreon site for some questions that we will discuss on the show. And, uh, so let's have at it. It's been a few weeks. So let's, uh, let's start with Alex Gombach. He asks, will comics ever shed paper forever? If so, how, if not, why not? Who wants to take that one? No, no, they won't.
3: They, they, they won't shed paper. Um, I. It's it's a. I still think it's a. Um, the tactile is, is still it, it's. There's just something about, and you can read them however you want, but no, I don't think I, I, I don't think you're ever going to um, have comics that that aren't actually
2: printed. Well. I think you're making a wish, and I I, I feel the same way. I, I hope they never shed paper forever, but you can't really say they won't.
0: You, or, 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 you, you are, think you could see a world where there's no paper comics? I,
2: yeah, yeah, because paper could get so expensive to the point where publishing wouldn't be feasible, and so they'd just... Just go all digital. I I, mm-hmm. I could see that someday, but I I don't want to be alive to see that, and I certainly <laughs> won't. I, I certainly won't buy the books if they're not paper. I I, I do not believe in spending whatever on a digital file. It, it's 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 worthless to me. It's there's no value in it. And yes, I know that I'm getting the same entertainment and the same the same in quotes experience. As I do with the paper comic, but the digital, it's meaningless. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I put zero value in digital. I can't hold it. I can't touch it. I can't smell it. That's why <laughs> right. I don't, I don't buy MP3s. I, I have to have the physical, even though it's a CD mm-hmm. or, or vinyl, I, I, I just need something for my money.
0: I, I struggle with absolutes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna side with David and say no because ever I mean get rid of it. I mean I, I just don't see that. I, I think we're in a world now where so much of what is read is digital digitized, and so I do think that is a trend that will continue. Uh, I don't know that we'll have many things that are in print physically that aren't also digitized. But no, I, I think I think even if it's a small subset of the of the medium will always have it just like I think we'll always have printed books. Um, you know, the vast majority of books are read digitally now, but there's still most books are still printed in paper. And, and, and by the way, there's a very fair business question as to whether or not many of these books should be printed in paper uh, anymore. But, I was but, just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. They no, still are.
3: And it, th- there's going to be that, that subset of, of buyers or collectors that, that will want that, right first right. edition of of the you know you could have you can have a first printing that's the captain Marvel graphic novel, but you know or you could have that that folder on on your hard drive of a bunch of scan jpegs it's it's not they're they're it it's they're two separate things yes i mean the 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 content is the same as far as you reading the story but it's it's uh the packaging in that regard is is what's important. And as long as someone is willing to pay for that actual physical thing, then, then yes, yeah, someone it, it, it will be made.
2: I had a conversation with Nina on the way home from the flea market. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you come to our, our Patreon page, there's a video on there in which I talked to a guy who, <laughs> who who had and sold a copy of Amazing Fantasy 15. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Nina said to me, if you had the money, would you buy it? And I said, absolutely not. And she's like, why? It's, it's after I told her, she's like, it's the first appearance of Spider-Man. I said, I have this book reprinted in so many different versions. Right. Why would I need the original? She's like, because it's the original. I said, I yep. haven't, that has never, ever been me. I, I own it. It's a reprint. But I, I still own it, so why would I want it again? Just because this is the first link in the chain. That I don't that, think that
3: way. That used to be me. I because but and and that just shows you that the way things have changed. Because now you have the on the booze, and you have so sure. many you know, people wait for the trades. But back then, if you wanted, you know, again. That Captain Marvel or God Loves Me. If you wanted a first printing of something, then that was that was the one you saw. Anything could be a reprint, but you know you have that that first printing. Um. So yes, I've I've read the story countless times. I have it in multiple forms, but um, if if you had asked me a handful of years ago, would I want the original the the first printing the, the the first appearance of spider-man I would have said yes and and there are days where I still might say yes it doesn't doesn't matter that I' that I have other versions of that story to have the actual plus for me to, to have that book from the 60s that, that those smells the the paper I yeah I, I think I would want it I don't know what yeah. I'd pay for it, but I, I think I'd want
2: it. Back in the day, and I'm using Dark Knight Strikes Again um, as I have it a, right next to me. as an example. The first printings of that sold out pretty quickly. And, did they really? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Dark Knight Returns. Did I say Strikes okay. Again? You did. Yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. Well, that's because I love it. Um, <laughs> Dark Knight Returns. The first printings sold out very quickly. Yep. And so rushed back to print. I I had friends that missed that they Uh they weren't on the train when it, when it pulled out of the station. So they had to, they had the option of, of paying exorbitant prices for first prints or cover price, second and third printings. And they spent the money on the first printings.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm like, what? It's the same damn book. Yeah, and they said no, it's not. I'm like, okay, it's not. What inside those covers is different than mm-hmm. the first printing, other than the, it's a later. I to veer off from
3: you, dog. Those two words right there that say
0: first printing or second printing, because if it's first printing, generally, yeah, it doesn't I got to veer from you, it. man, because there, there, it is different. Just in the same way, many people, myself included. Buy comics that are certain quality and grade, and put value in that. Yeah. Um, it's a it's 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 got value because of its collectibility. The first printing is has a spiritual meaning to it that it is the first of its form. It that that is the first that is legitimately the first time that that thing was born. I would kill for a first printing of Moby Dick or. Um, I, you know, uh,
2: but you have so many editions of it already.
0: Understood, but it's totally different than owning a first printing, which is truly a touching history—the moment when that book was conceived and became a thing, which it is now. Would be owning that first printing.
2: I got to so, take. I got to take the exit ramp on this one.
0: No, I well clearly, but I mean, but but you you have to under. I mean, as an artist, you have to understand. So much of collecting is the value that we ascribe to the uniqueness of something, right?
2: Which exists only in the mind of the purchaser. That's it. Absolutely right, but that's the nature of art. No, that's what? the na- that's the nature of commerce, not art.
0: No, but right, but I'm
2: saying that's the nature of why it has value, monetary value. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, but ha- look, if, okay, if, if you wanted to sell me a Basquiat. An mm-hmm. original basket, I'd be like, right. if I had the money, I would plunk that shit down exactly. in, a, in a second. But if you wanted to sell me a print, nah, son, I don't want Preci- that. Precisely, but that's not the same in comics. Every, these things are mass produced, right? and, and the second edition of The Dark Knight Returns, albeit I don't know if they changed the cover. I, I don't think yeah. they. I don't think they did. Yeah, with, with, with the exception of the cover, it's the exact same thing. It was printed from the same plates, probably on the same printers. It's the same damn book. No, it's not. And, and you and you're in your
0: pers- The first printing was when it was on the stands. It was that it that that book was on the stands the moment that it became something. Yes, that was purchased by someone at the store in that moment when that thing was becoming something in the zeitgeist.
2: let's well, say, pages?
0: Like, like that's like saying that the fifteenth version
2: reprint of Action Comics number one should be worth the same as Action. No, Comics no, 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 else. no. I'm not talking anything about worth. I'm talking about experience. If you read the first page of Action Comics number one, sure. But I guess why I, I'm struggling same with with,
0: with, your, with, your, with your with your with your with your diatribe here is that it's not a diatribe. There is well, not, okay, mate, poor, poor choice of words. But yeah. but I'm saying they're inherently in your discussion of not understanding why someone would choose one over the other. The reason they choose it is because of its worth. Sure. To them. Yeah, yes. But yes. you're talking about trying to understand why they would do it. You've already said you wouldn't do it. I would cool. not. No. But do you understand? Why I, others I do? perfectly
2: understand. Yeah. I, I can wrap my head around it. I, I think it's incredibly silly to throw your money away on something that you could have and then have a lot of other stuff in addition to it. But you're, you're lumping all of your money in this one little thing just because it's the first iteration. I struggle. I struggle with
0: that line of, of, of value judgment because we are maniacs. Every one of us in fandom is absurd for our own, in our own way. Mm-hmm. most people would think it's ridiculous that you look through long boxes and try and and have bought the same comic 20 different times in your life because you've either traded it or lost it or won it in a different yeah, form. Yeah. But I see, mean, I'm a bit a of a people hypocrite would think too. But it's crazy to buy half you know half beaten up transformers and then spend <laughs> how many hours trying to find the replacement parts on eBay, but it's it a pleasure. That's fun. Yeah. But um, so what I'm saying is, is 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 I think you very few people or at least a great many of them are not buying these things because they f- the, of of the investment. They're buying them because it gives them pleasure. It's the same reason that I've transitioned to loving comic art. It gives me pleasure in that it's the it is the original. It's one of a kind, and it's the genesis of these things. Yeah,
2: well, I'm not going to fault you for that. That is totally no, but, but, what, totally but here's unique. The
0: point, though, but but in your mind, you can accept the 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 logic of me valuing the art and that's cool, but i just I struggle with ever ascribing what is crazy or what is not when it comes to collecting like I don't personally find signatures on comics at all appealing i'm I've never been into autographs for me it does nothing it literally means nothing to me but I'm never gonna begrudge someone who lives for the moment at the con that they can go and get a comic or a book signed by a creator, because to them that is a pinnacle. They feel a connection. It gives them sure. That's all I'm saying. It's like right, all but of these things in a, in a vacuum are crazy.
2: Well, let's be let's be honest. There's no begrudging going on here, at least from my perspective. There is a an understanding, but on the flip side, there's a lack of understanding in that I do not ascribe any value to original printings. That's all I'm saying. I just – to me, they're – that's great if you want one. If you have the money to buy one, that's fantastic. To me, I would be as happy with the 54th printing as I would with the first as long as it's the the same book. If they change the color, then no. That's different. I'm just saying like that's you though, right? That is – yeah. It's entirely me. And I'm a bit of a hypocrite too because there are some toys – certified, valuable collectibles from the 60s that have been reproduced, and I will not touch those with a time with right. football, because they're not the same.
0: Yeah, like, like okay, so I own Giant Size X-Men number one, right? Sure. In a very high grade, okay? Now, the reality is, I had read that story ten times in my life before I owned that comic,
1: uh-huh.
0: right? I own it in other forms. I've read it in reprints. I own... To omniboo with it, I I have seen it many times. Uh, I also have the digital file. So by your logic, I like th- there's no it, it's not a logical thing for me to have spent the money I spent to have that piece of paper. Yeah, absolutely not. Right, but I find incredible satisfaction and value, and in, in the same way that someone that collects cars or Someone that buys fine art and puts it on their wall takes pleasure in it. To me, there is a rarity to it because of the condition. I know that there are only so many copies in that condition in the world, period. And I know that that issue was on the stands and bought, and it's formative. It is the impetus for the team that, you that is my favorite team. Yeah. Right? I but 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 from a logic standpoint, of course it's patently absurd sure. for me to have spent what I spent on one piece of paper because I could, to your point, have taken that same money and bought five years worth of, of yep. comics off the shelves. Yep.
2: You could have got all of ROM. The whole series <laughs> of ROM. <laughs> could have gotten many, many times over. Yeah. Wow. No. I mean it it's it's all Value judgments and what we what we uh, dump into them. Yes. Um, so oh, yeah. So I'm I'm I, believe me I'm not saying people are wrong. I just was I think it's silly. All right. Uh, we'll it. Flip flip. Oh, go ahead, David.
3: No. Uh, the there may be some slight variations in the um uh in the colors of the text on the cover, but but the image for the first and second and I think third issues of of the Dark Knight are all. The image the cover image is the same. There there may be some slight variations in the uh color of the of the text on the cover, but mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't make a different cover for the um for the subsequent printings.
2: Okay. Right. Um Shadow of not Shadow of the Bat, Legends of the Dark Knight. Did you buy all of the colors for the first issue?
3: No. Actually wait, no. No, not at the time. I may actually own all the colors because I probably won them in a bundle on ebay or something uh, but no i did not i i did not i same thing with um uh, i did it with x-force i did it with x-men
2: but um see my, my one my yeah go oh, i'm glad you mentioned that my one the, moment of weakness was the stupid <laughs> liefeld polybag the bag. x-force yeah because okay. i had to have all the stupid cards all the cards yep dumbass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
3: but uh but not but i but, but not a cover price because it was probably from american entertainment or something like that yes but um, but no, I did not buy the different the the five different colors because it wasn't even it was just it was a sil- it wasn't even a silhouette it it was it was just a standard plain old logo Batman cover and it just had different colors yeah it, the purple or yellow or and that was no that that was not worth it. I,
2: I thought covers. that was excessive even for the bullshit they were pulling back then with the covers yes yes yeah all right so let's move on another question wait I thought yeah.
0: you flip a dipper
2: flip a dipper
0: there have been a number of novelists who've taken cracks at writing comics. Some have been fairly successful, but most have crashed and burned. Why do some novelists have the trouble have trouble transitioning over to comics? Let me start here by saying, a much love to our Flippa, but I, I I disagree with with the basic assertion of the question, which is that a few have succeeded and most have crashed and burned. I don't believe that to be true. Um, I, I think that. Um, I think plenty have been successful and and, and plenty have not. And then plenty that have had middling success. I mean, look, Tonda Wesley Coates. I, 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 I think he is a brilliant writer. I have his, his, his novels and many of his essays are jaw dropping and I think should be required reading. If people are trying to understand different parts of our culture that they may not be exposed to. I, I think it's fascinating personally. I, I, I think his run on Black Panther has been disappointing to me, I, and this is just personal opinion. I, I, I feel as though he is, um, he's, he's not hitting the right beats for me. It's just for me as a, as a consumer of Black Panther. Um, Brad Meltzer, on the other hand, was was phenomenal when he did comics. I think, um, but I, I think it's a pretty simple answer to Flip's question, which is that they're different things. Yeah, um, writing a novel is different than writing a script for a comic where you are having to use a shorthand and you're having to be a director a visual director and you're having yeah, to work part with of a team, co- right? A team and a collaborator and you're having to convey ideas to someone and then let them take over and be the visual expression of that. Um, um, I think just as it's writing a, a, a novel is vastly different than writing a TV script or a movie script or a play or a poem. I, I think being a writer does not make you good at all forms of writing. Um, I think there are people, and, and I hate them, that are probably good at any type of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but many aren't, and I'll, I'll give a sports analogy. Um, lots of times, uh, in fact, most times, when a new NFL head coach is hired, a first-time NFL head coach, they're often a coordinator first, meaning they either run the defense or the offense for a team. Um, lots of times, the best coordinators are terrible head coaches, but then they get fired from being head coaches and they go back to being coordinators and they're great again. And people often wonder why that is. Well, it's simple because it's a different job. When you're a head coach, you're running an entire team. You're managing coordinators. You are being the leader. You're dis- you're distancing yourself from the day-to-day planning because you have a- take a holistic view. It's the-, the skills you need to be an in-game coordinator are vastly different than the skills you need to be effectively the CEO of an entire team. Same guy, different skill set. I think that's the same answer here. Writing yeah. a novel, it, it, they're they're not analogous. You you can be great at both. You can suck at both. I, I just don't. I think they're just entirely different disciplines. Just so because I don't know if you're guys, good at one
3: thing doesn't mean yeah, you're good yeah. at everything. I mean, we say that it's it's um. You, know, you could you could be a a good penciler, but you aren't a very good anchor. Whereas I think anchors do need to have the the basics of that. The, they should be good pencilers, but um, only so this way you know exactly what you're doing. As far as authors, um, Dwayne I, The Man, The Blonde, Savage Pat, I love his novels and I thought he did really well whether he was writing Amazing Spider-Man, whether he was writing Cable. Um, I I like his Marvel work a lot and, and um, he also uh, did a run on Bloodshot when Valiant came back. So mm-hmm. it's... Um, yeah, and, and again, like you said, there have been... Uh, uh, who was the Jody Pickle? The woman who? who yes. Pickle, okay. Yeah. So, so I, I never really any of her novels. Um Not sure how I really felt about her her Wonder Woman run, which is I'm pretty sure short lived. So, um, but yeah, you could have you could be able to tell a great story in a novel, and and that's that's your world. But once you start. Working with other people, and and it's not because it's your vision. You're able to take the the reader's imagination and and do what you want with it, and that's they're in your hands. Uh, that's not that's not the case on a comic because even if the artist draws what you want, it, when the editor comes along and and wants to rearrange things or thinks that you know this doesn't work right and or chops up your story because you know the event is coming, that's not. It all falls on the writer's feet because that's where it lands. It, he told the story. And and it didn't work, but that's mm-hmm. that's who we blame. But it doesn't mean that that's that's where it went off the rails. But um, no, they're they're not the same thing. And and as you pointed out, there have been misses and and some pretty good good
0: hits. All right, Vince, let's. This one is is tailor made for you, my friend.
2: I got nothing to add to that previous one. I didn't think so.
0: Yeah. I figured as much. I'm, I'm going to. That's why I'm giving you this one. John O'Neill says that he's looking forward. To Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Gerrids, which I think we are as well. And I think it may really – this is his speaking – and he thinks it may really change the perception of the new gods going forward. Uh, We'll we'll get back to that. I love these characters and have often thought about how to make this universe work better with a modern audience. There are primordial, primordial and universal themes at work in the world that Kirby established. Given the ubiquitousness of these characters in DC events and other series, why do you think an ongoing New Gods fourth world series has not been viable long-term?
2: Well, he he answered his own question. He mm-hmm. he, he thinks there's primordial and universal themes within the New Gods as mm-hmm. established by Jack Kirby. I think the reason why... Uh, an ongoing series never really clicked at uh, the longest and this speaks to the association this man had with jack kirby the longest new god series was written by mark evanier mm-hmm. is because they stray too damn far from what kirby established look, look at the new 52 and currently the dc universe these characters running around, with the exception of Mr. Miracle, from what I've seen of Tom King's upcoming series, they look nothing. They act nothing like the new gods, as established by Kirby. They, they, they seem to think that these characters are, are like um, malleable. They're not. The way, the way Jack did it was perfect, especially Darkseid and Orion. And uh, you can't dick with them too much. They fall apart. That's why I think new gods don't click, because they stray too far from the original impetus of the series. And and you can make that whole argument that everything that wasn't done by Kirby, I don't want to use the word sucks, but... It, was a mere shadow of what he did because it wasn't from him. It's like taking Cerebus out of the hands of Dave Sim. Nobody else could do it like Dave Sim, for better or worse. It, faulty ending and everything. It's because it's it, these these characters are totally um, idiosyncratic. They're, they're totally tied to the person that created them. That's how New Gods is. They don't work because they're not ciphers like Superman. Superman has the voice of anybody that writes him. And and he's diverse enough that it fits. You can put a different voice in Superman's body as long as you stay relatively close to the, you know, stay in your lane going down the highway. You'd be all right. But, and Batman's the same way. You, there, there are ways to write Batman and ways that don't work. But it doesn't apply to the new gods. Those are all Kirby. And Mark Evanier... Kind of nailed it to a certain degree, and everybody else, even Simon, who did the fourth world stuff. Oh, Byrne Didn't didn't John Burn take a stab? Uh,
3: well, Simonson, cause I remember the Orion covers. I know Simonson worked on it too. Simonson, but yes, Simonson's
2: Orion was was pretty damn good. So I don't know why. I just think it's it's if if you keep them the way Jack intended them to be, they'll work. Mm-hmm. But if you stray too far from that, like that whole thing with the Green Lanterns that they did with the New Gods, it was painful to read.
0: Mm-hmm. They just
2: try to change too much. There's a, there's a reason why it worked. You just don't deviate. And I know you're saying, well, isn't that boring? No, you could tell stories within the parameters of all of these characters. New mm-hmm. sto- New stories. Just don't tweak the characters too much there's a lot of leeway in what Jack laid down creative leeway I, I, did that answer well, the question? I think it did
0: I I mean um. but we <laughs> your, your perspective on this though doesn't acknowledge that Kirby created the fourth world because he got pissed at Marvel and he was doing all of this Reading it for a Thor run and he left and decided to take his ideas and do something new.
2: Yeah. I don't think the, the, the rationale or the reasoning for creating these things kind of matters at all. Well, I think it does because I think it speaks
0: to whether or not it was really unique. Like I think, like, I don't think the fourth, I don't think what he did, I don't think he broke really new ground here. I think again, this was a a take on, on a, a polytheistic, like mythology it it's been done lots and lots of times to his point this was this is just retrofitted as guardian stories he was trying to tell,
2: but in Kirby's unique way, the dude was magic. he could take look what he did with thor yes thor's how old is that that mythology, but he filtered it through the the, the Kirby machine and he made it. He made it cool. He made it powerful. He made it contemporary. That's that's what I'm saying. Without Jack, Jack is the filter through which all this stuff passed, and it made magic. That's why it worked. It didn't work because it was a a, a super compelling, unique story. Yeah, it, 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 tale as old as time. Right. It's just right, just, right, right. just tweaked. It's it's the creator. Yeah, that, I'm
0: with you. I know where you're getting now. Yeah. I was misunderstanding you. You're saying what the reason it can't be can't be repeated is because it's not Kirk, Kirby's not making comics anymore. I, I, I think
2: you're right. I, right. I get you. But but if you if you don't stray too far from the the original gist, like how many different hands have created Spider-Man stories over the years? A lot, a lot, yeah, and 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 a lot of them work, and and some of them we just don't find all that compelling. Well, the, even the less compelling ones are still more or less, following the template established by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. And yes, I do realize that I'm giving him credit for that. Um, That's all you have to do with the new gods. Keep the costumes exactly the same. Manage to tap into that wellspring of power that Jack did somehow. I mean, is it difficult? Probably. But I don't think it's impossible. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Rude did a great job with Mister Miracle. I think Tom's and and Nick Darrington are going to do a great job with Mister Miracle. But I mean, it's 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 a father son battle. How hard can it be? Right? Yeah. At, at, the, yeah. At, the, at the core of the story, it's it's dad versus son. Mm-hmm. And all these other people caught up in the in the in the fallout.
0: Yeah, and I also think too sometimes characters are just don't I don't know that there's. There's also a bit of not luck necessarily. I don't know. I don't know if that's right. But but I'm just thinking of other analogs. I mean, look at Marvel trying to pigeonhole the Inhumans into something that they aren't. And, right. Um. You know, or, or the Eternals. Right. I mean, like, like I think they're just not at the epicenter, and that's okay. Um. Yeah. You know, you can argue that all of these things within the superhero comics marketplace have never been great sellers. And the fourth world wasn't great a great selling series a series of books back then. No. The number the numbers today would, would look mind blowing because comics sold so much more then. But uh, you know, and Thor was never really a big selling book, even even with sign I mean, it was it was with Simonson, it was it was successful, but but largely as a title, it's it's rarely been a big hit. And um, so I don't know. I mean, sometimes things just don't. I mean, how many times have we talked about how how is it? how is it possible that DC can't have a sustained legion of superheroes run? Right? Yeah, I mean, it demands but, too much. That should be later. an easy, but right. But I mean, talk about a treasure trove of, 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 things that you, right. I mean, how many different characters and ideas can you deal with there? Uh, you know? Yep. So, um, all right, one more and, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on here. Um, David Milburn, Says manga, it sells millions of copies. Sure. He loves it. Mm-hmm. He loves it. Vince loves it. Uh, here's what's great: a manga like One Piece or Naruto goes for years telling one consistent story. They never have spinoff books because the artist slash writer never changes. How badly would Marvel or DC destroy these same stories due to unchecked spinoff books?
2: Yeah. I think this ties into what we were saying with the new gods too. With one piece, that's Oda's baby. It's 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 like Cerebus and it's like um, Matt Wagner with Mage. When you when you put this property in the hands of someone other than has than the person that has become the singular voice for it, mm-hmm. that's when it goes it goes awry. It just doesn't work. But I shouldn't say it doesn't work. There's more margin for error, far more margin for error when you give it to someone that isn't intensely personal with the story. Let's just say it, the creator. Marvel would destroy One Piece. Look what they did with... um, um Oh, Jesus, I'm getting old. The, the, no, the one with the giants banging on the the the, the um, Shogun Wars? Oh, the freaking <laughs> did! Oh my God! The, the The new thing with the giants that are banging on ag- leash?
3: No, stop you, no, saying talking, things. I'm just, I'm just throwing shit out there. For
1: the you manga,
2: the you. manga that's incredibly popular about the giant beings beating against the side, the, the walls of the city, trying to eat the people.
3: Titan A. Or what the hell is that?
2: You know, I, it's like I swear to God, it's like I had an aneurysm and I can't remember things sometimes. <laughs>
0: attack on
2: Titan. Uh, yes, Attack on Titan. Here we go. <laughs> Marvel took a stab Side at the attack. Right. There was a Marvel book, Attack on Titan, that had Marvel characters in it. Spider yeah. Spider Man yeah. was was fighting the, the Titans. Like that's just insane. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's so wrong. It's not even funny. But. I don't know. I, I I think, yeah. I think it would not be good for the big two to get their hands on these things. I don't see how they would. But if they, in, in some kind of fairyland, if they did, it it would never come out good. Mm-mm. But do you think it's about?
0: I agree with what you're saying. But do you think it's about what David David Milburn, the questioner? Do you think it's about the idea of spinoffs? I, I don't think that's it. I, I think he's conflating things to me. When I think of spinoff, I think of what's going on with Watchmen, where you had this singular twelve issue masterpiece, and then they decided years later to do before Watchmen, and then they now they're deciding to work it. I mean, that's and I'm not saying it hasn't been successful or it won't be, but I'm saying that's what I think of when you mean spinoff. Like you're taking something that worked on its own, and then you're adding new titles, extra titles, or, or, you know, taking, having five Deadpool books on the stands, or three Gwen Bull books, or whatever. Um, whereas, I think the other part of his framing question is the, is, is, the, is the crux, right? Which is that singular voice. Manga are created by one person or a team of people in perpetuity. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people say they use a studio, so in essence they're almost art directors in many cases, and that there are many people working on the book. But either way, it is one singular showrunner, for lack of a better term, throughout its run. And that's really what's different. Uh, and I think then – so I think the analog really needs to be uh, – there just isn't a construct within corporate comics to allow for that because they Marvel and DC don't want to allow someone to own a character in that way.
2: Sure, it's the way the machine works. Look at what they're doing with Star Wars. There's a Darth Vader book. There's a Star Wars book. There's a Poe Dameron book. There's a Princess Leia book. They that they're designed to milk the properties. It's what they do. Right. I I I there's not a single doubt in my mind if if Marvel ever got One Piece, there'd be a Luffy book. There'd be a Tony Tony Chopper book. Right. It, right, right. It's they they would just they would shred it for every dollar they could get out of it. and But mm-hmm. you can't fault them for doing that. It's what they do. Yeah, and I think it's a
0: cultural sensibility too, right? I mean, um, I don't know. Maybe you do know this, Vince. I don't know how it works in, in Japan in terms of um, the publishing rights. Like, are there a couple of major publishers that publish most of this stuff? Or is it is it individual? Is it... I, Because that plays a role here. I mean, again, Marvel and DC exist the way they do because they have been conditioned to... They came up from the roots of being a periodical. Mm -hmm. And so they had to have as many... There was a marginal utility to putting out, you know, N plus one titles. As long as you could still make some profit on that, you should do it. So they just kept putting more and more titles out until they got to a point where they were no longer turning a profit on each incremental title. Um, But I don't know if that's the way manga works. I don't... I really have no idea. I don't I've never thought about what the distribution model is there. Yeah,
2: I've never really investigated it. And that's that's a fault of of mine, but I think when you're moving millions of books and they're created by one essentially one person and a team of assistants, you don't dick with the formula. If if this if this voice is garnering millions of readers, why do you need a spin-off book? and and i think the japanese are very loyal once something hits that is produced by one mm-hmm. like that that one name on the cover when they, when they see that one name they're okay but if there's a different name on the cover I, I i don't know i don't think it's it it goes down well well before we move
0: on then let me just ask a derivative question because this is because this is interesting food for thought if you suddenly were in control of Marvel or DC Mm -hmm. and had all the say, would you advocate for simplifying the line? And what I mean by that is making a mandate where each title or IP or whatever, whatever it is that you're holding dear, just becomes its own thing. So we have one Spider-Man book and one Thor book and one Fantastic Four book and one Batman book. Would you advocate for that? And... Are you advocating for it because as a consumer, you think you'd get better stories? Or do you think there's a business case for it where you think it would help sales?
2: I would be the absolute worst CEO. Well, you don't have to speak on the, on, the, on the business side of it if you want to. But. No, I would be the absolute worst CEO because I would do exactly what you just suggested. One book for each character. But
0: you think that'd be bad business?
2: It would be horrible business. Because the 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 methodology of Marvel that we see every Wednesday in the comic shops is to take up as much real estate as possible. Marvel knows that, let's be honest, at least half of what they publish each week, and I'm being really generous, is poop. But they don't care. They don't care that it's poop. They just want that spot on the rack. Because if they don't have that spot on the rack, somebody else is going to have it. So that's that's the way Marvel works, and you know DC does that to a a, a certain extent too. They both do it. Don't yeah,
0: they, they both. Do
2: no, it. they do. They they just try and chew up as much space as they can. I'm going to say this: the company that's doing it right now, and it's th- the way I would do it, and I think they're doing it the absolute best way possible, is Valiant. Valiant has a completely interconnected universe. Every character has one freaking book. And yet you get the sense when you read them, you get the sense that this is a shared universe. These characters exist in everybody else's books. But look at the numbers, right? All you have to do is look at Valiant's numbers. They're clicking with with a, with a percentage of the readership, but it's nothing compared to Marvel and DC. I think they're doing it absolutely perfect, but right. again, it doesn't make for great business. Well...
0: I do think it's tough to compare apples to oranges, though. I would argue that having one Batman book on the stands would sell incredibly well because people need their Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't think it's I, with Valiant. They just have
2: characters that nobody's ever cared about. So they in the backup. It's not that they don't care about them. They people no, do I, care I, about no, them. You know, yeah. Don't, that, that, I'm, they aren't as widely known. I'm
0: exaggerating, but the, my point is they, they don't have a built-in audience. I mean Yet. Marvel and DC are milking an audience that used to literally be in the millions, and it's dwindled down over time, but there's still a sure. poor people that belo- that view those characters in like family. They're beloved. Right. Right. Valiant starting from zero at the time and is trying to grow that. That's a much different paradigm. Is all I'm saying. Like, okay. all right. so that's, that's all I'm saying. I think a, a single Spider-Man book would be a much different commercial endeavor than than a single Faith book or, or an yeah. Injak book. Is what I'm saying.
2: What, what Marvel and DC would I'd like to see them do? And David has said this on a number of occasions, as well as myself. I would like to see – if you have a Spider-Man book where this book is the only appearance of The Amazing Spider-Man, why can't you make it an extra book and put Silk in there or put, I don't know, Hobgoblin? Like the, there, there should be a, a Batman book with not only Batman but Nightwing and Batgirl. you know what I mean? Like anthologize the books. Yeah. And then you consolidate your publishing line and yet you still – Managed to get your IP out there. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: What'd you think that? One Star Wars book. That'd be great. <sighs> um, um
3: I I'm a huge proponent of the anthologies. I don't it's um Yeah, I don't I Hasn't hurt two thousand AD. Have how are you phrasing the question to me?
0: <laughs> no, if I just you, just
3: because I, wanna, I, 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 I a want to. Can you repeat the question, Alex?
0: Control? Would you advocate for going to a simplified publishing scale where you have one book for each character, and you'd stick to it? And if so, would you do that just because you're a fan, or because you think there's a business case for it?
3: Mostly as a fan, I do think there's a bit, like you said. If 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 that's your Batman fix, if that's your, I mean it was. The, Marvel kind of took a, um, crazy. They had, you could get Wolverine and X-Men, and then you had the mini miniseries, but and shortly after that, you had the ongoing, you had the Marvel Comics Presents, you had these guests appearing and everything. So it's, it's, I would like, from, from the heart for me, it, it, it'd be, I would like to see it. That I would like to see mm-hmm. the, the the single book as a fan. Um, I like your attitude towards. I, I, I like the fact that you know, if you got one Batman book, that's what people are going to buy because you need the Batman fix. Um, but um, I I I, I kind of lean towards where Vince is saying with that. You know, they want as many eyes on their product as possible, and that means that they're going to have to you know, push. Other books from other publishers off off the shelf. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I'd like to see and what is more
0: realistic are, are two different things. Marvel attempted this, right? I mean, they they had three ongoing Spider-Man books that weren't selling well, so they combined it into a thrice monthly single series for a long time with the the Brain Trust, the Spidey Trust, and commercially it was just another in a long line of, of, of gimmicks. It, it helped the numbers for about a year and then they normalized to the point where the book was selling about what the three were selling before. Right. So, so I, I, don't, I don't know if commercially any, any, any change like that is, is really going to reshape the trajectory of how many people buy comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say and that and this is another tangent, but I, I do wonder how many people read comics like illegally. <laughs> like I mean, like I'm beginning to think it's in a, st- in a staggering number. Yeah, I mean, I, I
2: agree. I, I think it's a huge amount of people. Yeah.
0: Like I, when I see Marvel books and DC books selling ten, twelve thousand copies, I, just based on how many people listen to our show, I, I know. Many orders of magnitude are reading those books across the world, right? Like I yes. go so far as to say, and I and this is just my gut. I I, I don't I don't even know how you could ever vet this, but I, I I would I would not think it hyper hyperbolic to say that three to five times as many people read new comics illegally than buy them these days.
2: I totally agree.
0: And it could be much much
2: more than that. For yeah. All I know, I, yeah, yeah. Yep. So. it's it, it's very sad. Um there is some information that should not be free. Uh, sure. That that's the opinion of the people that download these things. All information should be free. I'm not yeah. paying like excuse me, but I hate to be the wet blanket, but there are people whose livelihoods are tied to these things. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. The fact that you can get it very easily is irrelevant. You're stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know of the places where people get these things. And the traffic is immense. It's crazy. I, I, I think Jason hit the nail right on the head. I think there are a ton of people that are reading comics. There's just not a whole lot that are paying for them. Mm-hmm. it 's very scary and if if i was that 's one thing I would do if I was a publisher i would I would spend every expense to try and put a hammer down on these illegal downloads and I know they do it, but they 're not doing a whole great a great job at it or or maybe they they can 't really do a good job on it just because of the All way right, the, yeah. just the way the the way the internet 's constructed that they're it 's too easy I, I think VPNs should be illegal. If you have to mask your activity online, you're not doing something on the up and up. I mean, it's just our culture now, right? I, I I'm guilty of downloading things I didn't pay for. I think we all are, right? To a certain extent, maybe not Jason, but um, I so yeah. I, I on the one hand, I'm I'm condemning a, a large group of people for doing something when I have to admit. I may have downloaded an album I didn't pay for at one mm-hmm. at one time. So mm-hmm. I'm a hypocrite. But what I'm saying is if I had the resources to do so, I would turn over every stone to try and get these people to stop it. Cuz it's just it's just it's it's freaking wrong and it's hurting the it's yeah. de- it's it's destroying the industry. It really is. But back to our subject. Another thing that I would change if I was somehow magically put in a position of power in, in comics, I would stop the frickin' events. That's for sure. They're not fun anymore. Nobody yeah, gives a shit fun. anymore. Uh, the fact that this huge world threatening event is happening that involves all the heroes. It's been done to death. It's not even it's not enjoyable at all. We all know how it's gonna turn out. It's going to change the status quo, and then everything's going to go back eventually. It's just dumb. Just stop doing it. We're not stupid. We're not children. We we see behind the curtain that dude pulling the levers. It's just not fun anymore. Stop. Stop doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I would Speak put. I would put a moratorium on events at least 10 years. <laughs>
0: Good luck with that. I, I
2: know. I know. It's just not going to happen. That's why... That's – nothing is more of a, of a Salt-Peter fix than when you're reading a story with your favorite superhero and something happens in the story that you have absolutely no interest in. So you just paid four bucks for a, a tiny little snippet of a much larger story in which you have zero concern. That's
3: Right. All
2: right. Let's move on. Do we have other, other comics to talk about or do you want me to bring it on home?
3: Actually, wait, I have a, um, when well, we were talking about the, uh, our theme episode and we all read the Goodwin Simonson Manhunter. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and we talked about the story that was, um, that was added at the end of the silent story, uh, In the Manhunter Special Edition, Walt Simonson has an afterword, and apparently, the reason how that story came about, um, they, uh, Archie had let Walt know that he had an idea, because they they both figured that, you know, they they said everything they wanted to say Mm -hmm. in the detective serial, and that was it. Um, but Archie had, had a plan that would kind of, um bring bring it all together at the end and and put the final note on on it all um so Walt scribbled some things down, was working on it here and there, but pretty much kept it off to the side, never really paid much attention to it, just if it was something that came about then so be it um but then' nineteen ninety eight Archie died, and um And at that point, Walt had pretty much figured then this story will never be told then because he doesn't want to tell it without Archie. And then that's when, um, Wheezy suggested that he does the story as a silent comic. So this way, uh, it'll be without Archie's words since he's not there to script it, but it will still be a story that, um, that they worked out together, um, Mm kind of using Walt's, Walt scribbles and his roughs and, and, um, And that's how, that's why that story was included. That's how that story came about. But, um, what gets me is this is, this is Walt's final paragraph in the book is that, um, when the original strip was wrapping up, Archie and I joked that maybe we should retire, that this was about as good as it was liable to get. I can't speak for Archie, of course. He did a lot of wonderful work with a lot of wonderful artists. But I hope, That all the writers and artists that I've had the good fortune to work with over the years will forgive me when I say that although I worked on some terrific collaborations since then, it's never been any better.
2: Hmm. That's a bold statement. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, Walt. Yes. Good on
0: you from Marion Wheezy
2: for real. There's That's a true. woman. My goodness. That's right. All right everybody. Hey, as usual, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get now number 1 an anthology from Fantagraphics for 4.99. Dark Horse is serving up Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens Splice and Dice trade paperback for 8.99. That's half off and from Valiant Bloodshot Salvation, number one. $1.99. I cannot possibly cover everything on my list, so I'm going to say your homework for next week. I'm going to have a massive valiant Orama. I want you to read Exo Manowar, number four. Secret Weapons, number one. ninjack Shadow Man, Rapture, one and two. And Rye: The History of the Valiant Universe, number one. They were all fantastic. Um. Yeah,
3: secret uh, secret weapons. I I really liked it. Um, I caught up on EXO, so we can all talk about that next week. And uh, I will read the other uh, three issues that okay. you want us to read. And um, I think we should also um, was that since you mentioned it from DCBS, and um, we'll remind everybody that they should buy it. Since it's on uh, a great discount, we'll, um, we should talk about Splice and Dice next week.
2: We should. I'm totally going to go out on that, that very long limb that I like to tiptoe across from time to time and say, I don't think there's a comic book company making comics as visually amazing as Valiant. I don't. I'm being totally honest. I'm not saying that I'm not getting paid to say it. I'm not saying it so oh Vince is being, you know, that wacky crazy guy again. <laughs> I I don't crazy I don't Vince. <laughs> think there's anybody out there publishing comics as visually arresting as what's coming out of Valiant right now. There you go. So you now go. you got to check them out because you see if I'm lying next week. Do yeah. It. Yeah, no, it's, um,
3: it is good stuff. The, uh, I'm going to say, because I read this today and I was absolutely floored by the last page. I'm not going to spoil for anybody. Uh, it's a great jumping on point, picking up after, uh, last month's, uh, Lazarus contract event. Deathstroke number 21 by priest by, um, Theogenes Neves and Jason Paz and Jeremy Cox. Um, there's a new team that's been assembled. Basically, um, Slade's ex-wife is kind of bankrolling, and 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 she's the the person in charge. Uh, she put the team together for Joe to run. Um, Joe's there because he kind of wants to keep an eye on dad because somebody, even though dad was sleeping with Joe's fiance, somebody killed her the morning of the wedding. Um, so I think Joe is trying to find out who killed her. Uh, Adeline is, is a bitch. She, um, when she put the, when she was putting everything together to get this team called Defiance in place. Uh, she didn't think that um, Slade was going to bring his bastard daughter or the black kids into the group. Huh. Um, and the black kids would be the new power girl and Wally West. Um, and, and this is also about Slade trying to, to make amends. He, he, um, he acknowledges that uh, he lied to Wally. He deceived him uh, during the Lazarus contract. And this is um, he's, he's basically, it's kind of his penance to bring the, he's, he's trying to do good. He's not, um, he's not really trying to be a mercenary right now. Um, so we'll see where that goes. And, and as I mentioned that, um, he went and, and killed a dog in, in an earlier story. He, um, again, trying to make up for it. He gave, um, power girl, a, a puppy. So there's just, he's, he's trying to, um, be better i don't know how long this will last i thought the art was absolutely phenomenal i loved everything about it um i i do like the team that uh that they have going on here the cover sadly gives away the the everybody's in in costume on the cover with with their new look and it's kind of a double page spread reveal towards the end of the issue and and so that's just something that they kind of kind of ruined with that even though it is a pretty funky looking um Ryan's cover. But again, that that last page just had me going, damn. Um, I, I am, I'm bummed now that it's not bi-weekly and, and it's a monthly book now. So mm. I have to wait to see where we're going with that. But, but man, between the art and that last page, uh, if, if we did the whole pick of the week, pick of the, pick of the week mm-hmm. thing here, uh, this probably would be mine. I know I've talked about this stroke in the past, but a bit on the show, but this, this one has, this has probably been, um, if not the, one of the very best issues of the run since Priest has been on it.
2: That nice.
0: I, I get it. I'm get. i woefully behind and I need to remedy that.
2: Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean Deathstroke's not bi-weekly anymore?
3: No, they're they're monthly they're now.
2: All of the bi-weekly books are no, not no, 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 no,
3: no, no. Just Deathstroke is one of them. Um, and I, I did... I really, um, I'll, I'll talk this back, but I, I there's a, uh, there's a couple pages where Deathstroke is wearing a, a pretty fancy, not fancy, it, it's, it's a pretty slamming version of, um, of the, the orange and, and black outfit. I don't know if that's another one that Priest designed, but it, it, it looks pretty sharp. Sadly, based on the cover, it's not a, an outfit that sticks around for most of the issue, but, um, it's, it's pretty cool. But no, I think uh, if if you are behind on the stroke, then this is uh, this is a pretty pretty sweet place to, to jump on.
0: Cool. Nice. In your travels, come see us on the interwebs because we have lots of places that we are found now. We've got our main website, which DAP so lovingly curates, eleven o'clockcomics.com. And that's all one word. One one o'clock we are often engaged in very spirited discussions on our Facebook group, which is in many ways the spiritual successor to our old forum. Uh, so if you're not a member of that, by all means, send us a request. And just for those that are listening, we, we get requests. We get a bunch of requests, new member requests per day. By all that is holy in the world, please answer the questions. Because when you have a reasonably large Facebook group, You're inundated with spam and hookers and bots, and we often try and call them out so that we don't have an issue of them mullying up what is otherwise a great community. So Facebook provides you with the ability to ask questions when people want to join your group now. They're very simple questions. We don't really care what your answers are as long as we know that you're human and answer them. So please, please, please answer the questions because we get requests every day now where people don't answer the questions. And I can't fathom that because we're not likely to approve you if we don't know you personally and you don't answer the questions. But if you want to be a part of the group and you're not already, Facebook, just search for 11 O'Clock Comics in any way and you'll find the group. Join. We have lots of good discussion there all day long. Um, you can buy merch from us. And I'm, I've been told... By a certain co-host of mine that we have a new design coming. I'm waiting with bated breath.
2: Oh, my good God. You do.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh? You do. Nice. Nice. I'm talking, of course, about our Threadless shop, which is 11oclockcomics.threadless.com. o'clock You can get some badass merch. I must tell you, my wife does not like comics. She has zero interest in reading comics. She has never listened to our show. But damned if she has not been wearing the 11 O'Clock Comics gear that I've gotten her many times since I bought it for her.
2: Probably looks so good in them, too.
0: She looks great in it, sexy as hell, but it also speaks to the high quality of the merch. And last but certainly not least, you can find our Patreon. And we have to tip our caps to our our patrons because they did it again. We have now hit our fifth goal, which has much to uh, Vince's giddiness. Unlocked the Google Hangout. So starting this month, and we will have details soon, we will be hosting a live internet hangout where you not only will hear our melodious voices, but you will see our made for radio faces. True. And we will shoot the shit with you and talk about whatever the hell y'all want to talk about. Much love to you all for doing that. And we are now fast approaching our newest goal, which I know is probably Vince's favorite. Which is, if we hit this goal, we will have at least, and I underline at least, six free episodes per month. We're at five now, uh, and we should be recording our bonus episode again soon. And before we veer off that, we have one week left for patrons to vote on our book of the month. Yes. Which DAP so lovingly curated. So Wednesday, July 12th is when the polls end. Our choices this month are American Flag, Hard Times, Astro City, Life in the Big City. Black Sad, Volume 1, Doctor Strange, The Oath, I Killed Giants, Identity Crisis, Nick Fury vs. S.H.I.E.L.D., Planetary, Volume 1, Our Vote, Ronan, <laughs> Superman for all seasons, and Telos. So far, we've got 75 votes, and should we let them know who's in the lead, or should we not let them know? No, don't say. No. no. Okay. No. There is a book, that's got a decided lead right now. I will say yes. that. So if you don't want that... Surprisingly. I know, me too. Yeah, good. I agree. If you're a patron and you know what book we're talking about and you don't want that book to be our choice, then you all need to get en masse and start voting for something else because it's got a pretty big lead with a week left to go. There are, um,
3: uh, it's over 50% of the eligible patrons have voted, so there's still a few who haven't. Mm-hmm. So for sure. I.
0: For sure. And then, finally, in your travels, uh, give... I'm going to shout out a Bendis book. Nice. It's been a long time since I've done that. But and I have to tip the cap to our our, 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 our fanboy brothers in arms in the podcasting side because they do a show where their whole stock and trade is talking about the books that come out that week and they sang the praises of Defenders number two, uh, which prompted me to go back and read Defenders number one. Written by Brian Michael Bendis with uh, interior art by Mr. David Marquez. Um, I have to say that I, you know, I wasn't sure what to make of this book going in because I worried it was going to be essentially a comic book adaptation of the upcoming Netflix show. Um, I will say, certainly, through I'm sure by design, the the four characters we're seeing in this book are somewhat similar to the type to the typecast we've seen in the TV shows. Um, but Ben strikes nice balance between it being Netflixy and being true to the characters that we've read for a long time in the comics. And look, he's had fun. I mean, look he, he, he's, he brought Jessica Jones into the comics world. So it's not hyperbole to say he knows her better than anyone. Um, she wouldn't exist without him. Uh, he had a great run on Daredevil. He absolutely knows how to write that character. Um, and he brought Luke Cage and Danny Rand into the Avengers during his Avengers run because he loves those characters. He has love for these characters, so it's no surprise. that There's a lot of love on these pages. Uh, this is the right kind of book for Bendis. Street level, I think, suits him well because it is character-driven. Uh, and Marquez does a nice job uh, on the art chores. There's a particular page... Where Daredevil is intervening in a battle, uh, we don't see Daredevil at all, we just see a baton and, and the baton taking out a bunch of people and it's just, it's masterful storytelling. So, yeah, so I give a thumbs up to Bendis on The Defenders. I feel like this book is more suited to him than, uh, than some of the stuff he's been up to, um, in recent years at Marvel. So maybe this is a, a ben, maybe this is uh Bendis having his second, uh, his second act.
2: Nice. Cool, I need to read it. I like it when my friends read books they like. <laughs> <laughs> David will enjoy this. He likes well. all these characters.
0: Yeah, I can see it. There you go. Can anyone tell me why Daredevil's wearing a black costume these days? Dude, I don't, don't. Don't get me started on the new look. Okay.
2: Does he have? I didn't know if there was viewers? a reason for it.
3: No. It, it's. I'm pretty sure this is the. This is the same outfit from the uh, Sewell Garney relaunch, right? After he moved back from out west, after Wade and Sonny left the book.
0: I haven't read that. that, that, that.
3: You lost it. I know. Mind. No, I know. I, I read the first couple issues with uh, Johnny Tenfingers, whatever the hell homeboy's mm-hmm. name is. And it just... Uh, same. same. So I didn't... But uh-huh. I, I I don't
2: like the, the outfit. Okay. But we like you... Oh we kind to do, yeah. yeah. We see for being here with us this whole time and uh we would hope that you come back next week because we'll be waiting for you Don't want to get David upset. Um oh, yeah. No, yeah never. This is never, uh, <laughs> come to our eleven o'clock comics dot com webpage. Lots of content up there. Um I'm even doing something.
1: <laughs>
2: it's amazing, isn't it? Dude, I have to say, it it feels good to multitask. Mm -hmm. Look at you, right? Getting shit done. Uh, You come to our Twitter pages and our Facebook stuff. Like Jason said, in the meantime, long story, wicked short. In the meantime, say good night. Hey, David.
3: Ooh, good night.
2: Interesting. I was like, no, no sorry <laughs> David. No, um, wow. Well, I see you what you did. You didn't do anything tonight. You didn't do. I didn't why. because I wanted to just do a nice little clean one. I, I that, that was. It felt weird. Yeah, I'm sorry. Come on, it's so good. Come back next week, and maybe we'll have some. Mm-hmm. At the end
1: of the <laughs> say
2: goodnight, little, little scat, scat. A little bit. We love you so much. Bye. Peace.